Wouldn't it be nice if Darren just said, hey, guys, just, you know what? Go back to bed. I'll take over the show. Hello and welcome to episode number 171 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, June 25th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I slept well and it's cool in the studio. And from America's left coast, where in light of higher than expected demand on the electrical grid, residents are being urged to swelter in place. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Ooh, sweltering in place. Is that is that what's happening currently in the... That uh, is what's happening. It, it was... Uh, I, I finally gave up on that whole trying to sleep thing about 6.15 this morning and got up and looked. I was like, okay, it's 75 in here already, and the sun just came up. Well, the sun came up an hour before, but... Casa Bemrose, warm. Yeah, so uh, we are currently experiencing one of the four or so days a year where air conditioning makes sense. And it's generally not uh, financially worth it to install or purchase air conditioning for an older house like this for four days a year. So instead, we just have fans. And uh, you're going to put up with the fact that I have a fan pointed at the microphone right now because uh, hopefully that noise gate does its thing. Oh, I don't I'm even hear it. it off. No, I don't hear nothing. Zero. Oh, good. Don't hear that fan. I mean, then, it, then the noise gate's working. It's good you have a fan. I mean, that's uh, finally. It's finally, Ryan Bemrose has yes. a fan. Woo! I have a huge fan. You've got a huge fan right there in your face. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we have uh, serious summers here in the Chicago area and winters, so you need the uh, you need the whole house heating and cooling. But, uh, yeah, humidity, 75 degrees. It's not fun trying to sleep. I mean, you could just fill the bathtub with ice, jump into there, see how that works. I actually did think about just getting up and having a shower in the cold shower in the middle of the night or something. Yeah. Oh, I did. But instead, I tossed and turned. It was great. I figured I needed my beauty sleep. And now I need it more than ever. You need it more than ever. I mean, the last time that happened to us, the blower in the furnace went out. And, of course, that's what blows the air with the air conditioner and it just happened to be one of those times and it was i mean you think it's bad there this was one of those stretches where the low was like 88 degrees for the middle of the night i I do think it's bad here (laughs) this was even (laughs) worse that doesn't mean it won't be worse somewhere else yeah and that's what i was like every hour on the hour i was just like get up hop in the shower run some cold water then go back in front of a fan and uh and hope not to die like john mcafee randomly the the nice thing about the the weather here is that a week from now it'll be raining again (laughs) well it's raining here today oh nice so we got your rain we have your cloud well, cover give it back. Yeah, this is uh, like California is the one who wants it. Well, yeah. Well, they need to uh, wipe away all of the needles and all of the poop on the streets. So, you know, so, San Francisco needs it. So I think we were both trying to segue. I've got a story on California energy crisis and you've got you want to talk about McAfee. I mean, just which, briefly, which I mean, go? we are kind of a tech show and he is kind of a big deal in tech. And 
I don't know. Has anybody seen the body? That's my only question is, has anybody seen the body and how much money would it take to buy off a bunch of people in Spain? Are you are you feeling like he they they just like okay here here's your boat back now fitted with stealth technology kind of <laughs> you know it's like uh, you have enough money I, that would be a much better story than the one I'm hearing yes because this wasn't like it was the end of the road either and this the weirdest thing was the timing that it came that the ruling was he was going to be extradited to the United States but from what I understand. You know, a lot of people just hear that. And again, we live in the society where people just read headlines or they don't really look into the minutia of a story and they would go, oh, well, this makes sense. He knew he was getting extradited and he didn't want to. So he killed himself. But there is way more to the story. One, he had not yet exhausted all of what he could have done legally in Spain to appeal that. So that was one part. And two, from what I understand, there was still a bunch of politicians aboard of whatever in Spain that would still have to approve his extradition, which again, when you have over a billion dollars, there's a lot of money you could be greasing palms with that. uh, It would surprise me if he thought this was the end of the line. And I don't believe he killed him. Of course, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself either. Nobody believes that he killed himself. The question is, was he killed or not? Yes. Is he still around? And then there was a lot of coverage of what he had been doing before he was uh, taken to prison. And there were people pointing out that it appeared he was staying in a ghost hotel in Spain for months, even when he was claiming to be elsewhere. So there's a lot of oddities, including, of course, there was What exactly is a ghost hotel. It is a building that exists and looks like a hotel, but nobody can make reservations or can figure out who's running it. Nobody answers the phones, but it's oh. like it's a, it's a hotel. So it's, it's like an FBI safe house. Kind of. Maybe. Yes. It's a safe house. Maybe for somebody. They although uh, they seemed like there was maybe a crypto farm at the location, too. So uh, I can see there is a lot to unpack. And if it is true that he is dead whether he took his own life or somebody you know whacked him as he said would happen i mean he promised us which again it could be the ultimate con which is saying i will never ever kill myself if i ever if they ever say i killed myself i didn't well that's good you know that's a great time to actually kill yourself because then you're starting this ball rolling and john mcafee did like the attention he did like to be that you know uh, aside from the purpose of fucking with people why why would you what, for what purpose? Why would you do that? I see. I don't know. I don't know, which is why I don't believe that he would have actually killed himself. Now, we fully believe think, a lot of people want to believes dead. nobody believes there's a chance in hell that he killed himself. That's just let, let's keep that out of the it's not even it, it's it, great. If it's the official story, then congratulations and yet another official story. Nobody believes. But that didn't happen. Well, now, the other concept would be. Would anybody have dared kill him because he always promised and whether this is true or not, we'll probably know shortly, but he also promised that there was a dead man switch that if he died, that there was a lot of information about a lot of people that the, the he was very clear about this for years. The only reason he thought he was still alive was because he had the information and they knew 
when he was dead that information's going out. Given the past history, I have to believe that the Clintons know how to deal with something like a dead man switch. <laughs> well, you have to find the dead man switch first. That would and, be, and maybe that's why he lived. He li- lived this long. It could be. It could be. Maybe, maybe they've been. They were searching the whole time he was in Spain, and and they found the right you know type of leverage and torture, and finally met. Okay, well this. Okay, this is the server it comes from. Let's. I mean, they have a lot of money they can put forth. And of course, and, if he I mean, lied about honest, even, that man switch, even, yeah, even if even if he got released, I mean, they've also got the the largest propaganda arm in the history of humanity at that they can just call up and be like, hey, uh, we need you to squash some data that's coming out now. And and the American media will do it. Yeah, that's true. The media will be like, nope, nope. George Soros, uh, Hillary Clinton. They said this isn't true. So not true. Not true. And uh, it's it's an interesting story to me. I mean, one, he was a very colorful character. I believe one of his last interviews was with the great Nick the Rat on the No Agenda stream. And it was fun listening to McAfee when he did those interviews with Nick, with Larry from that Larry Larry show. Yeah. And he was a guy that seemed to be enjoying life. I don't know how much that changes once you're in a Spanish prison, but. I don't buy this particular end. And like the Epstein story, we'll probably never know. And the legend of John McAfee, of course, because of all this, will only continue to grow. And people like us and others who don't even have podcasts, although everybody yeah. has a podcast, will be talking the, about this. The The uncertainty will will feed the legend. You know, the, the, if if we saw a body that would only diminish the legend, so we're not going to. Right. Well, that was it. It's like, okay, is there a body? Does anybody have proof? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen that. Although there was a message that was released on his Instagram account shortly after the death was announced that was just the letter Q. So <laughs> there is uh, there are questions to be answered there which is yes was this like, his wife who had access like where to was this? the keyboard that a cat walked over uh-huh <laughs> it's amazing how this stuff kind of happens and uh I, I will say uh you 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 brought up the point that he had uh still had options that he hadn't exhausted with the uh with the spanish legal system yes and uh judging by one of the other stories that that i pulled today um we don't have to get into it right now but the u.s government uh it, Legal challenges and uh, and barriers in other countries don't seem to be much of an impediment when it comes to what the U.S. government wants. Um, I am referring specifically to they they reached into ICANN yet again. Well, that, that was uh, ICANN. That was where I'm assuming all this came from, because it was a we're talking about, of course, the government went in and took down a bunch of Iranian government and media sites of course for fake news i mean this is a insane yes. assault the, on the, free the speech. doj spokesman uh who, who said yes we did take this down because these sites were quote linked to disinformation efforts well so, so is everything joe biden when, touches when, yeah when is is whitehouse.gov going down when is yes. cnn.com going down when are they when are they getting rid of fox news i yeah, the, this is the, the it, it's inconsistencies like, oh, we only want to. So 
Okay, one one of the sites that they listed was uh, something called PressTV.com. I went ahead and kind of dug in on this one. It's uh, an English language news statement run by the Iranian state. So, of course, you know you can trust them. They're run by a government. No, but it, it doesn't even matter. It It's... It's not American and they are on the internet. I, I know that I'm probably way out in conspiracy theory lands, but I kind of like the idea of being able to say what you want and not be censored by people. Um, so I went, I went ahead and loaded up the site. And of course, the thing that pops up on the site is, is a the giant red banner that said, this domain has been seized. It's like they tried to make it as scary as possible. Right. That almost made me think that, that uh, some of it might be for show, but I, I didn't really investigate that. Well, it, well um, wait, it's all for show because all they did was get a domain name, which is immediately going to be changed. The site still exists. They didn't get the servers. They didn't No, you know, they didn't get, <laughs> yeah, they didn't get any of that. All they got was, yeah. The domain, um, the it, it has the uh, the seal of both the FBI and the Department of Justice, and it says that they are citing 18 U.S.C. 981, 982 and 50 U.S.C. 1701. So I went ahead and looked those up. Uh, U.S.C. 981 is civil forfeiture. Um, all assets, foreign and domestic of any individual entity or organization engaged in planning or perpetrating any federal crime. I, if misinformation is a federal crime, like I said, most of the mainstream media has to go. Well, and they're pushing um, for this here. I mean, that is the assault on free speech we've been talking about for over two years. Yeah. And 982 criminal forfeiture, which, by the way, requires a conviction. Where the hell is that? We haven't been told about that one. Um, 50 USC 1701 is unusual and extraordinary threats. Uh, 1702 has to do with presidential authorities. The laws that they are using for this, uh, they're a, a declaration of national emergency. The laws they are using for this are directly the, the U.S. president's authority to declare an emergency and go extra legal. That's what they're citing as this. So, um, I, I don't feel like any laws have been broken even in America other than somebody didn't like this site. Uh, the the Biden administration right. uh, or or rather the DOJ operating under his name has gone out and done something extra legal in another country and is getting away with it for two reasons. One, it's America. And, you know, screw everybody. If you don't like what America is doing too bad, there's nukes here or something. And two, because I can is still in the United States under the Department of Commerce. And if you're not in the US, this should really freak you the hell out that that they're just reaching in and and yoinking domain names in somebody else's country without a a conviction, without I mean with with just citing things like disinformation efforts. I'm sorry, this this story got me really annoyed. Well, yeah, because they're doing it here to American citizens as well. That is, yeah, if you're in America, you should hate this too. Yes. You know, the concept is um do I believe the Iranian government lies a lot about the United States and other countries? Hell, hell yeah. yes. You just use the word government. Of course they I, I do. do. But I believe that the United States government lies all the time about Iran and all the other stuff going on about China. I mean, there's some nuggets of truth, but the timing of this is really interesting because this didn't happen under Trump. This is happening under Creepy Joe, and we have Actually, to ask why. It kind of did happen under Trump. We had roughly the same story happen in October of 2020, where the DOJ shut down a bunch of domains from Iran, in fact. Oh, well, okay. So this is a <laughs> continuing 
thing and yeah. not a not a. Di- I was thinking you know, this I mean, is it's, maybe it's a- not a brand new thing. It happened before. Uh, I, I I mean, ninety nine percent of the people involved in this one at the DOJ and the FBI are the same people that were there when they were invoking Trump's emergency authorization declaration presidential authorities instead of Biden's. Well, you know, I mean, this this misinformation is really dangerous because somebody might read it and go, wow, now I should think about what I just read and decide if it's true or not. And this with all of this stuff, when it comes down to misinformation, fake news, whatever, the question always comes down to who do you trust as the arbiter of truth? And the answer to that question is never going to be the same person to person. So the concept that you can just delete. Some of the information is never a good solution. Although uh, I've, I've got another story. I don't know if this is a good time to transition. Uh, oh, you've been the, transitioning. I didn't know. Yeah. Congratulations. You couldn't tell. You no. couldn't tell from the boobs. No. Well, I thought that was just a lot of extra cheese in your diet. And, and uh, 18 months of lockdown combined with being extra lazy. Uh, the uh, this story I actually got from Larry, uh, who did a, I mean, just go listen to the first minute and a half of his latest episode and, and you will get the story. And, uh, it is, uh, it, it made big news. The WHO demands that all women of childbearing age must not drink alcohol or prohibition on, on alcohol or something like that. Um, this of course got uh, a massive reaction on both sides and, uh, uh, the the process that I went to research it was was much more interesting to me. Uh, the first thing I do is, of course, I, I pull up a, a search engine. Now, ha- having having had some bad experiences with search engines trying to control my narrative, I I now use multiple. So I used the uh, I used Google, I used Bing, I used DuckDuckGo, and I checked out the new Brave search engine, which, by the way, does not. Uh, it, it behaves better than expected without JavaScript, but their CSS is a little weird. Um, so let's see. Google, the first four results were all to their quote unquote fact checking sites to try to debunk this claim. Um, the let's see. The number two link in DuckDuckGo was to Snopes. Um, I. Uh, Actually, let me let me back up and, and kind of explain what's happening. The WHO has uh, at any given time, lots and lots of people working. They're a big organization. They they suck down tons of government money from everywhere. Um, one of the things that they've had going on is they just released a draft of a global alcohol action plan. Uh, this is somebody working in the background, put out a a, a policy recommendation draft saying, uh, you know, we, okay, they were probably sent out going, uh, alcohol is a problem. Go tell us what we would need to do if we wanted to fix it. And so that's what they did. And they came out with, okay, here's a bunch of things, a bunch of recommendations saying, well, if we want to fix the alcohol problem, we need to do this, this, and this. Well, uh, one of the things that they did, uh, one of the tiny recommendations in a, a section called advocacy, awareness, and commitment, um, they pointed out that fetal alcohol syndrome is a problem and it is uh, worst during the first few weeks of pregnancy, which also happened to be a time when a woman doesn't necessarily know that she's pregnant. And as a result, there one of the recommendations buried in there was prevention of drinking amongst pregnant women and women of childbearing age. Now, amongst pregnant women, you kind of understand. 
But childbearing age, according to the WHO, is 15 to 50 years. Um, well, that's going to harsh a lot of high school girls mellow. I, You know, if you're 14, you're probably good. But otherwise, <laughs> you have to wait till menopause. Well, I mean, or, OK, here's the thing. Women now have to choose. Go out and bork or drink. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding. <laughs> I am? It's just saying that we, we need the policy recommendation is to prevent drinking among women of childbearing age. It doesn't matter if you're planning on getting pregnant. It doesn't matter if you don't intend. It doesn't matter if you can get pregnant or not. If you're of childbearing age, then the recommendation is that you should not be allowed to drink. And let me tell you, my wife was uh, was. Not enthusiastic about this recommendation when I told her that that it's going to be a a few more years before she's old enough to drink. Without Johnny Walker, your marriage just is not working, my friend. (laughs) I mean, this could just could turn out very, very badly. But uh, yes, all of these. Now, what are the leftist, very, very much uh, progressive women that told all of us when we didn't want to wear masks? Listen to the WHO. Are they still are they still listening to the WHO? I mean, is this uh, no, uh, they're they're all in spin mode. Um, <laughs> this, this is different. Snopes. No. So Snopes, uh, it, the the article, which, by the way, it was it was in the top three in Google. It was in the top three in uh, in Bing. Uh, it was the number two on DuckDuckGo. Uh, it was the number one on Brave Search. Um, so obviously the this. This site has some search mojo. Um, their link to it was, quote, false. WHO isn't instituting or enforcing the ban. Well, no, well, no, nope, they're not. Yeah, they can't they're, enforce they're, this. They, because they can't. WHO doesn't in, institute or enforce the bans. They're recommending it to governments. But, of course, you know, first of all, if if you didn't hear that in Rain Wilson's voice, then, then you need to. But, <laughs> but uh, it, it's pretty much what I expect from Snopes, where uh, it, you you got any time that there's a, a something that makes the left look bad, then they'll be like, this is false. And here's all of the reasons. Uh, technically, he didn't say that in the morning, as reported in this article. It was twelve oh two in the afternoon. And so the whole thing's false, even though every other fact is correct. I mean, that's OK. Uh, the number one article that I, I just had to read this one to you, the the headline and the and the subtitle uh, was. Uh, the number one hit in DuckDuckGo was from NBC News. The headline was the WHO alcohol pregnancy warning for childbearing women overlooks men as usual. <laughs> men who, right, men men, who drink can yeah. damage fetuses as well, but they aren't mentioned by the World Health Organization. The entire burden and blame of childbirth is still put on the women. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I well, this is the world we live in. Because, you know, men can have babies, too. How dare you? See, now you'll get kicked off of uh, Facebook or Twitter or YouTube for saying only women can bear children. I guarantee you that will get you thrown off now because that is hateful. That is hate speech. It it might be hate speech. You know what else it is? It's biology. (laughs) Yeah, well, we have to we have to deny certain sciences so we can prove and worship other sciences. Don't you know? I, I don't. I don't. I have no idea. Mutter says this is obviously an attack on uh, ugly poor guys because uh, they, if, if women can't drink, how are they getting any? Another line I pulled from the, the draft of because, of course, I, I clicked in and started reading it. And then my eyes crossed because I didn't get enough sleep to I, I, I could not stay awake for this. This is, this is so dry. But the only thing I'm but, thinking 
If the WHO no alcohol, of course it was dry. Oh, sorry. If the WHO was worried about this right now, then COVID must be gone. Must be. Or they're just a large organization with different people working on different things at a different time or at the same time. I don't buy that. No, I uh, they said uh, alcohol remains the only psychoactive and dependence producing substance that exerts a significant impact on global population health that is not controlled at the international level by legally binding regulatory instruments. Oh, regulation, worldwide regulation. Yeah, that's what I got out of that is is they that that sentence presupposes that global international binding regulation is the way to fix all human ills. And I have to say, I disagree with that at a very fundamental level Um, that this is this kind of globalism. This is, is even if it's only a recommendation, even if they're just trying to get governments to institute just the very fact that they think like this means they are anti-freedom. And that's the part of the story that really bugged me. Not that there was a recommendations like, well, if you want to fix alcohol, you need to get people to stop drinking. I don't think we needed a giant eight WHO report to know that. Well, but, no, no. And this, uh, this is utter insanity because we're living in the United States of America. At least you and I, I know people are listening it's so hard to tell sometimes. I, well, it is. And I know we have a lot of people that listen in Canada and in the UK and in the Netherlands and in uh, you know, Australia. There's a lot of people and things may be different in certain areas. So, I mean, your mileage may vary. But here in the United States, they're fine. The left, the progressives with aborting a fetus up to the minute after it's born. But they're going to worry about drinking. You know, I don't know. I don't think those two <laughs> things really. uh I don't think well, they we, go together because you might do damage to a fetus. You cannot drink if you're of childbearing age. But, you know, if you do actually become pregnant <laughs> and nine months later decide you don't want it, then eradicate the kid. That's fine. I, I, usually the decide you don't want it seems to kick in about 10 years later. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's that's the real problem. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to adopt a kid, I mean, an 18 year old girl would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, okay, let's let's not encourage anything <laughs> that I. <laughs> hey, I'm staying on the legal li- uh, line of things. All right. Well, I, I didn't have much else. I didn't have much else from the WHO other than they are a bunch of globalist people who really think that uh, we should have international binding rules. And and boy, it's hilarious. And everybody loved to get up in arms about they want to ban women from drinking alcohol until they're 50, which is uh, admittedly uh, a, a very perverse, unintended consequence of the way that they drafted this. It's a draft. I don't think that line is probably going to be in the final one. I am much more bugged by the fact that they want international regulatory instruments than it. Well, but understand. But it, but, that they're going for the progressive movement is going for things like a global income tax and all of this other stuff. They are trying to do this stuff on a global level, you know, because of course for the children, because of the planet. What the hell does income tax have to do with health anyway? It's all, don't you understand? Everything is about redistribution of wealth. Health is about redistribution of wealth. Every, I mean, everything, the environment, redistribution of wealth, everything to the left, a new cryptocurrency that will be the new law of the land, redistribution of wealth. Everything is about redistribution of wealth. 
That's what it all comes down to. And if you could tie this to another group, I mean, why do you think the Biden administration and all the left had to get back into the Paris Climate Accord? It's because we can point to this other big worldly authority. And of course, we have to listen because this is the world. We're all in this together. Bullshit. We're not because China, India, and other places are gone. I don't know. I'm just, we're we're just going to keep polluting. We're not in this together because my private jet does seems to be not working very well right now. Well, see, yeah, but if it was, you could go someplace cooler. Yes. Or at least there is nowhere. There's nowhere cooler than here. Or at least go into the jet and turn the air conditioning on. Maybe take a nap. Get AC. (laughs) Just fly me around. If there's no AC, get up to about 30,000 feet, open a window and be like, I need a little breeze in here. Yeah. Where's all the air going? Yeah. Just circle Puget Sound and uh, just take a nap. I mean, I'm burn off some fuel. I'm about to go under Puget Sound. <laughs> well, see, it would be cooler there. Uh, it is because that water uh, this far north, even in the middle of the summer, it doesn't get much above 38 Fahrenheit. You know, but this whole concept of the one world, everybody should agree. The WHO should tell us all what to do. I mean, you're seeing this with the government here pulling all the Iranian stuff. You hear all of the Russia, Russia, Russia. Of course, we're at war with China. Because the Wuhan lab and all of the other stuff going on with tariffs and that, even with Canada and lumber, this whole, we're all one big government, we're all one big world, we're nowhere near that. And the reality is, people live in different areas because they want to live in different ways. And that is fine. Not everybody has to agree about the way they want to live. Some people love living in the middle of a metropolis with millions of people in a big high rise until those high rises fall down. Some people love living out in Wyoming where you don't see anybody for miles. That sounds pretty good these days. Yeah, it's probably a better way to go. And, uh, you know, I haven't really been following the building collapse in Florida super closely, but I did see that uh, like two decades ago, there were warnings that the building was sinking faster than it should. And I'm kind of guessing that was a problem that eventually uh, so, so, somebody didn't dig down to bedrock. Uh huh. Well, I mean, you're in, you're in the marsh. I mean, that's the problem with high rises in places like Florida. I mean, Disney World, if you ever have seen the aerial photos of that land before it was developed, <laughs> you, could, you wouldn't believe anything was ever able to be built there. But there's a reason no, it, why it Disney swamp. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why these buildings in Disney aren't more than, you know, maybe 10, 10 stories higher. So they're not building the super uh, buildings, mainly because they would just disintegrate right into the ground. I mean, we had that uh, we had something like that happen in Seattle uh, a few years back. We had a, an earthquake and uh, you could tell. So uh, Seattle, the the south end of downtown is they they took uh, the tidewater of uh, one of the rivers and filled it in to create a large amount of flat area. And if you if you look at Seattle from above, the the noticeable thing is it's the Soto neighborhood. It's the only place in Seattle that is not on a steep hill one way or another because it was all the the tidewater. It was all the part of the bay they filled in. Uh, the funny thing is we had. Uh, we had an earthquake a few years back. The high rises in in downtown on the downtown hill were fine because they're all anchored to bedrock. But the the shorter structures uh, in in Soto 
near the stadiums uh, were all just falling apart, brick facades falling on people because that land liquefied and just turned into a giant bowl of jello. And uh, geologically speaking, it's it's kind of what you're describing. It was I was fascinated. Well, it is when you start thinking about the whole concept, you know, math is racist and the engineers, we don't really, you know, just just put people in there maybe that don't know what they're doing. I mean, get ready for more of this to start happening. And this was a building I was, uh, you know, not really surprised because of the area it was in, but it was a condo building where it seemed like the cheaper condos were like 600,000 and up. So this was a very swanky building. And, uh, you know, somebody's probably going to go to jail for this because it seems to me that they knew there was a problem and just kept passing the buck. And I'm sure there'll be a lot more investigating into this. It was a, you know, unbelievable tragedy. I can't even imagine just seeing a building for no other apparent reason falling down. Do they know how many people were in it when it happened? They know that about 99 are still missing. So there's, uh, you know, this was not a, uh, this was not a small in the middle of the night or something. I really didn't look up this story at all. I'm not sure when it actually started going on. I don't know when the building actually collapsed. But, uh, I mean, it looks like there was an earthquake or something and about, you know, one portion of the one side of the building just went down. An earthquake in Florida? They do have those. I mean, (laughs) they're not. We had one that was, I guess, felt here in the Chicago area about a week ago. I mean, they're not like California that they're commonplace and your whole house will shake. But, you know, every now and then we just get a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a rumble. They don't usually last more than a couple of seconds to the point of you're like, wait, did that just happen? I mean, so it's not like (laughs) it goes on for so long that you know what's going on. It's kind of like if you're sitting there just watching TV, you just kind of feel like everything move for a second. And you're like, whoa, what what, am I? Am I high? Am Am I taking something that Fletcher gave me? I don't know. But uh, the whole world moved for a minute, but that's so quick. You're, you question whether that actually happened or not. Yeah, I, I, I question whenever anything happens, really, as you should. But uh, Joe Biden did talk. I, I know right there. That's kind of news in and of itself that Joe Biden talked. Well, the on, trick isn't getting him to talk. The trick is getting him to shut up. Well, getting to understand him and or, I did, or getting him to make sense. Well, that's it. And the uh, the hashtag that was trending. After Joe talked was creepy Joe because he is starting to look like a prisoner of war. Is is this the one where he he started to threaten people with nukes? (laughs) Did he? I don't I don't remember that part, but Uh, that's not actually what was said. He he said something to the effect of uh, of, uh, you know, the the Second Amendment has has always been limited by the fact that if you wanted to take on the U.S. government today, then you would need F-15s and nukes because, you know, your your a your Second Amendment guns just aren't going to protect you. And that's why we don't need the Second Amendment anymore. Right. Because, you know, and, and I, I tell you what, a president who says stuff like that, that is why we need the Second Amendment. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because people have the right to protect themselves and and their families against the government lots of memes coming out that that joe threatened people threatened to nuke americans which uh is not quite what happened but uh, you know it was on his mind he's like which one of these cities uh, which which one of these far right-wing areas am i gonna have to nuke this time i don't think anything was on his mind i mean that is the uh, issue with biden i i think he is nothing more 
than a teleprompter reader now. I don't know if he comprehends some of the words, a majority of the words maybe, that he's saying. Uh, Of course, he went after the gun sellers, which I don't know. We talk every Monday about the crime here in Chicago, and I am going to go out on a limb and say that about 99% of the gun crime here, and I might be low, 99% is people that got the guns illegally. They you, didn't walk sure? in. They didn't walk sure into a gun all, store. You sure they didn't all just get them at the using the gun show loophole? You mean the one that doesn't exist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't walk into a gun store like I have. They didn't give their driver's license over to a cashier, fill out all the paperwork, have the FBI do a background check, and then come back four days later to get their weapon. No, they didn't do that. So the concept that you're going after the people that are legally selling guns is ridiculous. The current stats in America, though, are that we have, what, about 335 million people living here and about 400 million guns on the continent. So I just want to point out, even if you could magically say all guns are illegal, you're going to have a real hard time. And you're going to have an unprecedented rise in boating action or boating accidents if 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 they try to do anything that like if they try to do what the Democrats want to do. Right. Oh, no, my gun, it was lost. I don't know what happened to it. No, I don't have it. Uh, There are simple solutions and we've talked about them. If you want to take care of gun crime, you have to prosecute people that use guns in a criminal activity it just makes sense if you're not going to prosecute the criminals taking the guns off the street that's just how naive some of these people that are the minions obviously have to believe i don't understand the people at the top of the food chain what they really think is going to happen they they do prosecute people if if you are in any of these democrat-owned cities with a gun and light colored skin, you're going to get the book thrown at you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what, what about if you just happen to be black? No, that's racist. Right. Then you cannot, you cannot prosecute their victims. No question about it. And that's what's going on in Chicago. The, the great Bill O'Reilly, I know a lot of people that listen to us love when I bring up Bill O'Reilly, had a great idea, which is it's, make, it's usually the center square on the bingo card. Yes. <laughs> he says, uh, make all gun crime. A federal crime. If you rob a liquor store and you have a gun, that is now a federal crime and you're going to do time. Yeah, not on board with with making more things federal. Uh, This, I think, is what needs to be done when the local police and the local authorities won't prosecute. This, again, comes down to what's the risk of doing something. And right now, this is why the San Francisco. This is why the people can drive their little bike into a store and clean off a shelf with everybody watching them and just wheel on out because they know they're not going to be prosecuted. Do you think that same person that did that, that was on that viral video last week, if the penalty for shoplifting over $100 was you're doing a mandatory 60 days in prison, do you still think they're doing it? There's but there's a big difference between uh, the how harsh you are on your crime versus whether or not you think it should be federal. My, my issue is no, I don't think 
I, among other things, I don't think that it should be my responsibility to have anything to do with, or, or especially for, for my tax money to pay to enforce crimes in Baltimore, for example, I, I, or, or San Francisco. I think leaving it a a local issue is the way to go. And you have to accept that there are going to be places where they're not going to handle it correctly. And those places need to experience the full benefits of handling it so poorly. This is called uh, the government run states and cities. Yeah. I, I absolutely think that the, you know, the, the shoplifting problem in San Francisco needs to be San Francisco's problem. And if they are going to continue to not deal with the problem, then the city of San Francisco might as well slide off into the bay. And maybe that's better for everybody if, if they really are not going to turn around and go, huh, maybe we should do something about this. I, I just don't see how it's I, and people outside of San Francisco. I don't see how we should be. Uh, yoked into trying to deal with the mess that they won't clean up true but everybody is anyway and there just comes a point where maybe uh something needs to be done to rein in those areas i mean maybe that's not the best solution or, or uh, wall them off well can we do that can we just put a I, wall? i'd love to yeah it's just right outside chicago and right outside of seattle you're like oh my house is right outside cool uh, Gov- governor abbott in texas is is building uh he you know he's trying to build trump's border wall on the mexico border i'm like you want texas to become a better place you need to build a border wall across i-10 at el paso <laughs> i will point out that uh shortly after joe biden gave his very creepy no energy i mean you thought you weren't gonna have energy for today's show I mean, you have to still I take don't. it down like five or six notches to be creepy Joe. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, just keep working on that. Uh, within a couple hours of his uh, great speech, there were two mass shootings in Chicago. So, I mean, I know his words already were were having this some- is what you get when you federalize things like uh, like creepy old white men. <laughs> I don't think that's a federal thing. I think that is uh, I think uh, Joe is nothing but a marionette. He uh, Obama. Susan Rice, Valerie Jarrett. There's a lot of people that are either pulling the strings or have their hand up Joe's butt. I mean, I don't. I would rather pull the strings personally, but I, I mean, and and you're not even sure whether you're being literal or not. I know this could be very much what's going on now, just to keep Joe going and animated. Uh, Kamala Harris is finally going to Texas. Ninety something days after she was tasked with cleaning up what's going on. The, the question is, will she make it back? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not, I'm not sure all those Texans like her very much. Well, I know the Texans don't like her, but she had to go down there because Trump was planning on going down there next week to have something with the governor. And, uh, of course, I'm starting to see some credence in this, the, the, this right wing theory that says that, uh, you know, Trump has, has just been continuing to run the country. I don't think that Trump is is technically still the president and running it from some government bunker. I think that he's just standing out there giving speeches and being one of the only people who's making any sense. And so the, the governors who were listening to him before are still listening to him. They're like, well, it's either you or, or this zombie. (laughs) Right. I mean, and there's really only a certain amount of thing, uh, things that the president can actually do. I mean, they can make their little decrees and they can sign them and that's all fine and dandy. But you don't really have to be and in office they can to shut be a down leader. Iranian websites. 
Well, I don't know. Do you think Joe even knows what a website is at this point? Well, it was his authority that was used for it. <laughs> he was rubber stamping Joe. I mean, ask Joe why he did it. and be like, well, I don't know. Uh, banana. He thought he was finger painting. It turns out he was passing legislation. Yeah. Yeah. He was like monkey, chocolate, banana, strawberry. Oh, yeah. No, just sign this, Joe. Okay. No problem. Tell them. Tell them Uncle Joe says hi. And it's, it is concerning when uh, the Internet was once supposed to be this grand concept of free and open speech, kind of like people want to tell you Bitcoin. It can never be shut down. Well, we're seeing on the Internet that this concept of a free and open society where people can speak and trade ideas not so free not so open and the united states now uh, becoming the the world police as far as shutting things down for again misinformation who's the one to decide what's misinformation yeah. well of course we are this i can story it, it, you, you're getting me all steamed again about the story it, it this is the kind of thing you you want you know right now we seem to have one generally accepted global internet where everybody is connected to everybody else and it's really weird that that's stable and the the governments reaching into ICANN and uh, playing in other government sandboxes is how you and you you want two internets that's how you get two internets you're you're going to have uh, the the entire country of Iran is all going to end up on the dark web where the the ICANN version of DNS doesn't work, and if you want to be able to use uh, a website from another place, then you you know you have to use the other root name servers, and people are going to start memorizing the IP address of their root server that that supports the sites that they want, and you're gonna. I mean, it, it's I think it's unusual that right now the internet is kind of one giant AOL walled garden where everybody <laughs> right. plays together, and it's fracturing and if it breaks what you have is each individual person gets ends up getting okay which which dns namespace do you want your internet to be and i don't know maybe that's what we have to do if if we're going to have people i you know the, the, again with my complaint about globalists in the world who who think that it's totally appropriate for uh to apply restrictive policies to everybody in the world all at once and they get to just reach in and say well we don't think it's right that you're doing this and therefore we're going to take the yeah they see one unified internet and say look it's globalism personified let's take control of it well the question is who has control over it because if the united states can pull fbi and doj apparently so they rule the whole world oh then they see they, they can, seem to have the ability to control who's allowed to play in the sandbox, even though I can really isn't under U.S. control anymore. Right. I mean, it's under the control, allegedly, well, of it's, a it's, uh, international body now. Yeah, arguably, it's an independent organization, but the, the U.S. Department of Commerce still. It, but it's like, OK, so the United States can pull down Iranian websites. Can anybody pull down American websites? Is that China? I mean, what's the pecking order? I, I, I just want to know. Well, I, I think practically speaking, um, the most of the root name servers are in the borders of the United States. And therefore, no matter what legal framework is built around them, when the United States FBI or Department of Justice wants to shut somebody down, all they have to do is go kick in a door 
and sees some computers and maybe they take the whole internet down for a few hours and then they put it back and suddenly the sites they don't like aren't there anymore. <laughs> I'm just I'm just remembering the uh, episode of the uh, a great show out of the UK which uh, what was the name of it now I, I'm forgetting the name of this now um um troll room help me out what's the, the the tech show the IT crowd where they had convinced Jan that the little box they gave her was the whole complete internet the internet's in here and i'm just you like take the whole internet offline i kind of picture that that somebody just like no we need to take this for a minute we need to take the internet away and there there was a time when that was true it was close somewhere somewhere early on in like in 1971 someone in darpa was like hey i've invented this thing called an internet it's in this box but if i open the box all of the evils of the humanity will be let loose and then they opened it Yeah, that's not a bad idea. But the uh, Project Pandora. Yeah, I might be making that up. You probably are. But who's going to who's going to fact check you? Really? Everybody. Everybody. Right. Yeah, that's true. Every one of our producers and experts. We appreciate everybody for doing that live. It's a service you provide to us as we provide the show to you at noagendastream.com. Mondays, Fridays at noon Eastern. Feel free to join us. Troll along and tell us when we're right. Tell us when we're wrong. Tell us when the facts are true and, uh, you know, you can make them up beyond there. But this is this is just kind of an interesting thing. Like, well, can anybody turn? Can you imagine in the United States if China decided to CNN? No. And everybody just woke up and the CNN website was gone with a big logo of the Chinese flag. I I might start liking China. (laughs) You're like, I'm going to go out and get some uh, Mongolian beef today, baby. You took down CNN. Yes. Not even Trump could do that. You're right. I, if if anyone else in the world, uh, China or or Russia or or France or anyone, pulled the kind of shit that the U.S. government gets away with every single day, because well, mainly because they have the keys to the biggest propaganda machine ever created by man. Um, I it, I, I just. The the double standard is is electric. It's incredible that they just get away with like, I mean, go, let's go back to the, the McAfee thing. Uh, you know, we, we don't know what exactly happened, but a lot of people are pretty confident that it's somebody from America ended up going into the Spanish prison and uh, murdering one of their prisoners. What happens if somebody from Spain comes in and uh, just decides to kill off someone in a u.s prison do you think anyone would complain in the u.s no no of course not i do <laughs> oh you think they would they would notice i it i do I, it I, I think there would yeah well if, if anybody noticed is if it an old knew, white guy though that they're killing i mean you know let's let's go ahead and fast forward to 2024 when they've put trump in prison if then china comes in and kills him in prison no, no, 2024, think, Trump will be back in the White House, right? Well, that's that's kind of a prison these days, so <laughs> I my point still stands. Not quite what I meant, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's talk that I him think, and uh, DeSantis might be getting together for the ultimate president and vice presidential ticket, which would be I, interesting. I, I, I think DeSantis is a hell of a lot better choice than Pence. <laughs> you think he's a little more, uh, excuse me, a little more uh, energetic? Well, I think... Yes, but more importantly, Pence was always way too deep state for me. True. And DeSantis is going against a lot of this stuff and fighting, which apparently, 
a lot of people have forgotten that we used to have a lot of more freedom here in the United States. But uh, I've not forgotten this. No, no, no. I complain about it every single day. Do you? I mean, you should and do that on this show. Fridays, you record some of that complaining. <laughs> right. And then we put it out to the world. And yet the world is still here. But uh, the big news on the <sighs> tech front. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's talk about tech for once. I mean, we promised we would cover because we did not want to be speculating at all. But now some of the information is coming out about Microsoft's latest Windows 11. Woo, where's the fanfare? We got like a big woo. A lot of people cheering. Excited. You know, I was seriously thinking about breaking that promise and seeing if anyone called us out on it. I'm sure they might. <laughs> I mean, there were some interesting things that came out, and I figured uh, we should cover them. I mean, the first and foremost is one of the questions that people were asking, like, oh, is it going to be free? And the answer is yes. If you're a Windows 10 user, I don't know what happens if you're still like you on Windows 8 or people that are still I, on I, Windows I, I 7. I don't think there's an upgrade path. But there still is to Windows 10. So, yes. I mean, there is kind of an upgrade path. So this yeah, and to, if I want to pay for Windows 10, then it'd be a free upgrade to, to 11. So, well, you can still get a free update to 10. So it's all free, 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 which tells me one thing, because we're old enough again to remember when Microsoft was actually making money selling the operating system. The fact that if you owned a Windows machine that you could have upgraded it multiple times over the last few years for free tells me that they're making their money in another way. And I guess there's Ads. two ways. Well, that's it. I mean, there's two ways that this could be, which is one, they're making more than enough money because they are still selling to the commercial products, you know, so they're selling the yeah. commercial licenses. Yeah. The, the commercial licenses are where Microsoft makes almost all of their money. Microsoft has, has never been, cool enough microsoft has, has never been a big con consumer company there's only a few divisions at microsoft that have ever made money on consumer like xbox is about one of the only places i can think of the vast majority of it is is they have some very powerful enterprise businesses that that make the company a lot of money so and that's worth it working. to them to hand out all of this software and again air quotes for free or is there continuing a building of data aggregating in all of these operating systems, which is making Microsoft money just because you're using their operating system. How much of that is they're tracking you and selling that data, and that's why you're getting the operating system for free? I would be surprised if Microsoft has gone full Facebook on this one. I, I doubt that they are. I mean, I have no doubt that they are uh, tracking a, a huge amount of information on Windows users. When I was there, we were just starting the the massive telemetry push that became Windows 10. And at the time, every every uh, announcement, every every talk about how to do telemetry, every piece of guidance was make sure that the data that you collect is anonymous. We don't want to be able to personally identify people that, you know, because there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of privacy sticky issues, especially legally once you start doing that. But as long as it's all anonymous. So that was absolutely the push at the beginning of windows 10. Now it's been eight years since then. So I, I don't know, maybe they are collecting it. But I guess I would be surprised if Microsoft is just straight up collecting personal data from people and selling it a la Facebook. Yeah, they could just be setting it all up. 
You now, never know. Are are they you know, they are going to be selling like ad positioning. They're definitely going to be doing analytics. They they they're going there. Yes, your data is being churned and, and crunched and used by Microsoft for certain things, but I don't think that they're just straight up saying, you know, you are in this demographic and therefore here's the ads to be sold to you. Yes. And there are some interesting requirement changes now for Windows 11. Uh, it is 64 bit only, which I mean, kind of makes sense at this day. I, I, yeah, I looked at that. I even, I wrote it down and I'm, I'm sitting here going, you know, this is totally reasonable. A, a, every new processor is 64 bit. So if you have a 32 bit processor, you will not be able to run Windows 11. But if you have a 32 bit processor, where have you been for the last 12 years? I have an old, uh, an old laptop that's still a uh, 32 bit. And I just, it's getting harder to find, uh, current Linux distros even that'll run on it. So I can't complain that. Although if you want to talk requirements, the, the two items on the spec sheet that jumped out at me because I just about spit my coffee was they said that Windows 11 will run in four gigabytes of RAM and 64 gigabytes of storage. Windows yeah. update can't even run in that. <laughs> well, that's minimum requested, uh, <laughs> which means probably triple that. That's me. I know people always thought I was crazy. You know, 64 gig of memory in my machines, but that is needed for a lot of the crazy window stuff. Unlike Apple, which is doing some fantastic stuff with their new chips and only 8 to 16 gig of memory. So, I mean, memory management, Windows still really behind. The The most interesting thing, and uh, DigiGuru is mentioning this in the troll room, is the fact that one of the biggest hurdles for older machines is going to be the TPM chip, which is a chip that is maybe on your motherboard. Maybe you're going to have to add one that... Uh, does crypto does in you know encryption and all that type of stuff that this seems to be one of the areas where because of course microsoft put out a tool that you can run and it will tell you whether or not your machine is a-okay for windows 11 but be microsoft being microsoft i guess they weren't specific as to why which is hilarious that it just tells you yes or no and if it says no it doesn't go Oh, you don't have enough RAM or, oh, you don't have this TPM chip. It just says no. Like, like, okay, suppose I wanted to upgrade it. Could you possibly tell me what I need to change? Yeah. A little help, but no, that's a little less than helpful. But the, the, the four gigabyte RAM and 64, I'm I'm sorry, 64 gigabytes of storage, nothing. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the requirement, the policy requirements around windows 11, uh, here's the one. That is going to really, really, really annoy a lot of people who are the kind of people who listen to this show. A lot of dudes named Ben are going to get really annoyed because uh, at at least with the home edition, which is the one they talked about, um, you can not install it without an Internet connection and a Microsoft account. Yeah. Now, the Internet connection kind of makes sense because uh, the, the vast majority of what you're going to get is going to come in over Windows Update anymore. But, yes, and uh, you, I mean, the days of installing Windows and then connecting it to the Internet to get all of the updates, which was going to take like five well, more hours. Was that, that was what you had to do, like in XP. Yes. Where uh, like we I, I've told this story where during we tried to just plugging in in, uh, I want to say, 2010. So XP was officially old. It was it was out of you. And we plugged in. We took an XP gold disk 
like the the 1.0 version or the and installed it while connected to the internet and before the first login before the installer had finished there was already malware on the system <laughs> well some people would say windows itself is well, malware yeah the malware came from the the optical drive but yeah, <laughs> from yeah. the cd rom but yeah uh, it, it used to be like if you in in the days of xp windows 2000 even even early vista it was uh, if you're installing from disk leave the internet unplugged until you're finished installing and uh, those days are over yeah i hate the requirement to add a microsoft account see yeah. to me that is all about tracking i can't come they, up with one other reason why you need to have a microsoft account to log into your own well, pc locally convenience obviously oh yeah yeah because if you log in with the same account on another computer it automatically syncs your settings which is really cool right up until you get malware on one of the computers and <laughs> microsoft helpfully automatically syncs the malware over to your other computer well, obviously, if you want it on one, you want it on all of them. <laughs> Something like that. That makes sense. I, and we, we knew this was coming. The, the, they've been hiding and making it more and more and more difficult to find the option that says, no, I'd really like a local account. And, and I guess in Windows 11, they're just getting rid of it. Uh, like I said, this, this is going to annoy a lot of people. <laughs> yourself included. Yeah. And beyond that, I mean, the, I, I have not seen anything yet as far as windows 11 what is home and what is pro and if there are any other versions i mean windows for a while had like 14 different versions and they cut that back but when i bought this machine i I worked on vista yeah i mean that just drives people nuts but even just between home and pro you know there is no difference it's just flipping a switch on a few of the features in the machine it's not like you're actually getting a whole bunch of different software for the operating technically system. i'm pretty sure it's an xml file yeah like there's a manifest that says which features are turned on and it, but but yes it's a switch it's a switch and that's it and that although there i wanted the remote desktop was one of the biggest things and it's not even because i ever leave the house but i want the remote desktop so if I'm sitting on the couch watching TV and I want to check something on my machine, I could do it from my iPad. I can do it from my laptop. I just go remote desktop into my machine and I can take care of it. So I want remote desktop. So the first thing I did when I bought this Dell, which I didn't have the option buying it from Costco to get the Windows 10 Pro, it was Windows 10 Home. But Microsoft is very nice. You can if you get a if you get a Dell from Costco, the first thing you'd better be doing is wiping that thing anyway. Yeah, but and you then still, you put whatever you want on it. Yeah, but you, uh, right? Well, I didn't want to totally buy Windows 10 Pro because that's more I wanted the update. They they do give you an upgrade uh, path, which is easy to do, and it was I think ninety nine bucks to go from the Windows 10 Home to Windows 10 Pro. So yeah, we set it up and then immediately went to Pro. Because I wanted Pro, because I didn't want to deal with a lot of this crap. I wanted the remote desktop, but you know, this again, you have that or or the ability to defer updates. Well, and well, that's also good. But this is where it also it it can't help but rub you the wrong way when you're like, so you're just intentionally not giving me a couple of key features. I'd understand if these things were really different operating systems, but they're not. It's like oh, oh. The the pro users really will want you know the 
remote desktop and a couple other things. And we won't give it to them unless they give us more money. Well, you better look forward to a lot more of that because uh, I went to a number of, of option sites. I found, uh, you know, CNET had done their review. The Verge did their review, although The Verge is annoying because every review is about four paragraphs long and links to about 37 other yes. Verge articles. Oh, yes. it's, it's so goddamn many. But um, I, it, it's looking like uh, a lot of more of Windows 11 features are going to be effectively DLC. They're they're going to be uh, you put in and and this, by the way, might be why they need they require an account. Now, Um, you go into the Microsoft store, you pay for some feature that you want in Windows and then Windows update delivers and installs it. And now it's turned on. I I think that that's uh, now I could not confirm this at anywhere that wasn't the verge, but that was what they suggested that was going to be the way it happens. And and I believe it, you know, one of the reasons why they want everyone to have a Microsoft account is, of course, that your local account, uh, they can't bill um, in the Windows store. Right. The Windows store is way more integrated now. Uh, They've they've revamped it. They've redone it. Uh, One of the coolest things they've done in the Windows store is that now they're starting to sell Android apps. That's new. Well, yes and no. The interesting thing there is. That yes, Windows 11 is going to have a certain ability to run some Android apps. Now, your mileage may vary depending on if you have a touch screen and all this other kind of stuff, because we know there's a lot of apps that sure. kind of require you to touch it. And if you don't have a touch screen and you're trying to do this on your desktop, might not have the same experience. But this is not being tied into, you're not actually getting the apps directly from the windows play store whatever they call it it's actually from it's coming from amazon yeah the amazon app store so you have to have an amazon account if you want to use that i i missed that one yeah well so one you have to have an amazon account it's going to work i thought the apps were being cross-posted to the windows store no they're oh that's they are being there you can see them so they're being posted but if you actually want to download them you then need to log into your amazon account because this is coming from amazon okay and that's that's uh, such an unnecessary extra bit of friction. And not everything that exists in the Google Play Store exists in the Amazon App Store. So well, your, certainly your mileage I mean, may it, also it, vary. Anything that makes use of Google Play services is is necessarily has to be in the Google Store and, and the, the Amazon Store doesn't. So but you, you know, yeah. But um, the the most impressive thing, by the way, about the Android apps that to me, at least, was uh, reading about the technology they're using to bring it. They're not emulating these apps. Um, they're uh, using a new technology from Intel called the Intel Bridge Compiler, which is is effectively it's taking an Android binary and JIT recompiling it for x86. And the very idea that you can do that now on the fly is absolutely fascinating. And as a technology, I would want to play with. Well, it is pretty impressive, as is there's a new thing built into Windows, which will be snappable layouts. I don't know if that what they're calling it. I'm sure there's a snappy name for it, but it will allow you to kind of replicate your multiple monitors or whoever you want the windows to be. And, and it, you know, so they just snap. And they'll size themselves automatically. So it's really easy if you want to do things side by side. So say you have a monitor and you want your Android app 
you know, and the on the right side of the monitor and then everything else to the left. You can do I that, mean, which is kind of cool. That feature was in Windows 8. Yeah, well, nobody paid attention to that because they I, 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 Windows 8 where they they said this entire operating system needs to look really good and be a tablet OS. Yes. And one of the things that tablets do is they let you snap apps. And one of the things that will be gone in Windows 11 is tablet mode. So uh, there's they're just calling things different. <laughs> and, uh, things. Uh, yeah. And, and the number of people who are sad about this one. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody's sad to see tablet mode go. Uh, so let's see. What else? What else? Are they I just want to ask uh, you. I want to ask you. This. Oh, yeah. Is there any Android app that you can think of a good reason why you would want to run it? And besides the technology being cool and being able to yeah, do it, you, you fun. can stop right there. Okay. Is there an Android app that I think there's a good reason to run it on your desktop? Right. I mean, though, I mean, really, just is, I, even if there I don't was even an like app. running apps on my phone, I know. But let's pretend there was one. Is Can you even imagine what reason would you need to have it on your desktop? Fedelab. What is what is that? Uh, oh, it's a Mastodon client and it's about 20 times better than the web uh, interface for for. Uh, mastodon okay there's one then that makes sense because i was like i'm looking at my phone and i don't have a whole lot of apps to begin with but it's like okay you know i have you know for instance the coinbase app on the phone and that's fine but you know i can just open coinbase in a browser that's the the same thing the the thing about it is i don't actually want to run Betalab on my desktop what i want is for the mastodon interface to not suck balls and (laughs) if you just made a, a desktop app that had a better interface that would solve my problems. You know, I, I know a lot of people don't realize this, especially when we're trying to bring mobile apps into the desktop, but uh, uh, Microsoft or uh, windows is, is a, an operating system that is capable of running its own type of app, which come with the file extension dot exe. Oh, really? At, what is this yeah. exe? I've never heard of this. Well, this because nobody makes them anymore. <laughs> Can you? Well, that's the other question with Windows 11. Are we going to be able to install programs that aren't in the Play Store? Are they locking uh, that down anymore? I didn't see anything. Play Store or Windows Store? I, well, I doubt it. Yeah. I, I highly, highly doubt it. It's not Windows if you can't do it. And, and I tell you what, even if I found myself using Windows 11, which I'm not going to say won't ever happen, but um, the, the, the phrase kicking and screaming might be involved. But I... Definitely would not be installing things from the Microsoft store for the most part. No, I would probably be doing exactly what I do now, which is I don't install programs if I can avoid it. I I grab a a zip file that has an executable and some DLLs in it. I drop them into a directory and I launch it from there. And if if that scenario doesn't work, then it's not Windows and the uh, the operating system is done. Uh, Even if you can sell all of the consumers on the idea that, well, every piece of software that you could possibly want is going to be in the windows store. And by the way, you know what the back end of the windows store is. We've talked about this before. It's Winget. Right. Well, yeah. And we now have um, the, uh, the new packet manager. And yes. Which, which by the way, they did, uh, they, they took the entire repository offline and have done a lot of cleaning. It's better now, right up until they come up with the next thing they totally missed out on. Well, yeah, uh, I'm sure. But, with- one last thing on the uh, the Android oh. app. The sad thing was in the demo, they were running TikTok on the desktop. <laughs> yes, and I'm yes, like, are you that. serious? That was the best use of this is going to revolutionize your desktop experience. It's I, TikTok. 
I mean, it's going to take all of your, if you want your desktop snapshots to all be sent to China, then this is great. Well, yeah, they can do tech support. Or if you just want an app that seems to be incredibly popular these days with a lot of people who don't really care about the privacy thing, then you pick something like that because you you automatically get all of the people like, well, I'm already running it on my phone. I really love to be tethered to my desk while doing it, too. Well, and you can be, too. And this is something I've never tested. I'm sure you have not. But in the Samsung phones, you can basically have a emulator of your phone on your desktop and anything that you can do on your phone, you can do on I, the I desktop do. through the phone. And it's like, no, no, well, I don't. I don't have I don't run the one that there is one that lets you put up a window on your desktop, which which is your phone. And and it, you know, you whatever you, it, it's running the things on the phone but i've got the emulator that came with the the sdk and i use that all the time use well, not all the time i use that one just because i i you know if i'm hacking my phone i like to test things out <laughs> in a system that i can throw away if i screw something up which happens um, a lot i was gonna say the, the, the to finish my point about uh whether or not apps are locked down here here is the place where this it doesn't will it bother never you that, that we're both calling uh what runs on windows now apps rather than programs yes yes it does um is enterprise dudes named ben in the enterprise which we've already established is where microsoft makes most of their money will never ever 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 put up with the idea that your enterprise apps must be delivered through the Microsoft store. So they all have their own deployment. Some of it is Microsoft supported stuff. And some of it is a set of batch files that was cobbled together in 1996 and just continues to work. But every dude named Ben in a corporate setting has their own system. And if Microsoft came out and said, Oh, we're sorry. You're not allowed to run anything that doesn't come from the app store anymore. Then you would never see a corporate upgrade ever. And I, you could theoretically get around this by saying, Oh, this only applies to the home version, but I still don't think it would work. I still don't know why a, a vast majority of corporations aren't running some version of Linux by now because, uh, because Microsoft provides uh, a, a lot of very valuable software and more importantly, Microsoft provides support, which is something that you just don't get in Linux. If, if you're very, very lucky, you can log into an IRC chat room somewhere and find the right set of people uh, whose honor you can impinge by saying the wrong thing. And then they'll spend an hour correcting <laughs> you. But that's the limit to support in a lot of places. But isn't the there like in Red Hat in like in the latest Ubuntu, isn't there a whole business uh, enterprise section where they offer support? I did. I believe Microsoft also has a an army of salespeople who go out to <laughs> companies and and secure contracts. And I understand it's all what everybody's used to. Oh, well, we're running Windows. If we change what happens and then everything, uh, that's where it all starts and, to fall apart. We have to train and, people. Oh, geez. I, a lot of companies also have, uh, you know, the vast majority of their employees are non-technical and would probably not understand how to use their computer if they were suddenly switch had their operating system switched out from underneath them. And I, I have used modern Linux multiple times and I did stop emailing, put down the, the angry email. I know that modern Linux can do all of the things that you want to do on windows, but there's just enough that are unfamiliar that 
like um i had uh ubuntu on my laptop and it was it was designed to look a lot like windows and it felt good and i got in and uh you know it had all the buttons in the right place but something happened i clicked on one of my taskbar icons and i had two windows open and it popped up a sub menu it was like which window did you want i'm like no i actually want two icons on the taskbar if if that if i've got two inst- oh i'm sorry you you need the sub menu and the sub menu threw me off and that is the stupidest little thing but that kind of thing is is going to throw off, especially the non-technical people who are like, well, just tell me where to click. Right. How do I do this? And yeah. uh, I mean, with that said, of course, the thing people are going to notice most probably in Windows 11 is they are changing the start menu, which uh, I know you don't oh, use yeah, the start menu. They're making it Mac OS. They, dude, it's very Mac OS. Pa- pastel, rounded corners. Centered. Centered. Centered uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, they've centered the dock. I, I mean, the start menu. Uh-huh. That was very, <laughs> I mean, when I saw that, and in a weird change in the dude's name, Ben, that are coders, maybe you know the answer to this. The weirdest change for me is the fact that they are now forcing you to only have the taskbar on the bottom of the monitor. You can no longer have it on the top. You can no longer have it going down the side. That Why? was inevitable. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I remember in, in Windows 7 when I filed a bug that uh, something or some scenario was uh, in the desktop was completely flat broken in, in one of the beta versions of Windows 7. Like uh, your entire feature doesn't work in any way if the taskbar is on the left half of the left side of the screen. And the program manager came back and said, well, we have data that only 3% of people move the taskbar <laughs> away from the bottom, and so we're not going to fix that. I believe it, yeah. And and I believe the data, but 3%, there are 2 billion people who use Windows. 3% is 60 million people you've just completely made your feature useless for. You're making them change the way they do things. And and so I, I, I guess even in the era of Windows 7, the, the, the shell team in particular... Uh, who who is one of the more paternal parts of Windows? Um, they wanted to move away from having the taskbar anywhere but the bottom. Um, I, I mean, I've got three monitors in front of me. The taskbar is on the bottom on the middle monitor. It's on the left on the left monitor, and on the right on the right monitor. Because I'm apparently strange. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you are because here's here's see now here's my idiosyncrasy when it comes to that is I turn the taskbar off on everything but the main center monitor that i have i don't like having a taskbar on every monitor i know that's probably weird but no. I, I i like it on one i mean i do have a taskbar on the monitor on the left right now but that's just because i have another windows 10 machine running the troll room and it's in a written you're, you're running the troll room yeah kind of it's uh no it's a, it's a, another remote desktop to a Windows machine that's in the basement, which is connected to a Void Zero's bouncer, which is connected to the troll room. It just yeah. works. But so, that way... But that's a lot of redirection. Well, it, well, see, but the remote desktop works so well, it acts like it's a program just running on this machine, except here's the beauty. Oh, yeah. I can close that, and it doesn't shut down. So the troll room will still be there, and everything will be active. Even if I have to reboot my main machine... Nothing happens on that machine. You know, it's still there. It's still doing its thing. 
and the remote desktop works really well. That's one thing Microsoft has that works well. And I know it, that's, it does. That's, uh, I'm, <laughs> I yes. live my life on a remote desktop. When you are uh, when you are working on the operating system, you are developing on one machine. You have another machine in front of you that is, you know, I, let's see. When when I was there, I had at any given time four machines in my office, two test machines, my dev box, which is the powerful one, and another one that I ran Microsoft Office on because Office is one of those programs where you just sacrifice a machine to it. You're like, I'm, I'm not going to try to run anything else. Like Visual Studio and Office are both the kind of thing that will destroy all of the resources on your machine. You never put them on the same one. But um I, I also operated uh, a you know a lab where I needed to be able to log into any test machine. We would have at any given time five thousand test machines in a lab somewhere, and and by somewhere it probably wasn't in our building, but it was somewhere, and we deploy probably the test Wuhan. to all five thousand, huh? Probably in Wuhan. I, I, it was usually in Redmond, but we weren't sure where. I mean, I, I had plenty of labs where I honestly did not like if I had to go physically touch the machine, I did not know which building to go to, because if if somebody needed to physically touch a machine, I'd just contact the the lab people, send a message to them, be like, hey, can you go poke machine EX013? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Turn it but, off and on again. I mean, if if one of the 5000 fails a test, I remote desktop into it to find out what was going on. Sometimes the, the, that was frightening, but. Anyway, like remote desktop, you did point out while you were like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to have to upgrade to get that. And you know that there are other companies, other vendors that create software like remote desktop. Yes, I, I prefer this. Uh, I did recently try the evil Google's version of this on my parents machine, which is the Chrome version, which is just called like Chrome remote desktop or something. I, like I that. like the name evil Google. It is evil Google. but. Really, the evil company is TeamViewer, who kept shutting me down while trying to access my parents' computer. And it would let you connect for like 15, 20 seconds and then disconnect you and then gave you the whole spiel that it seems like you're using this for business. I went through the whole freaking hassle of sending them the email, you know, saying I certify that this is a personal use only. And they said, "Okay, fine, great. And it's still knocking me off so the, i was over at my parents i installed the thing because they use brave and it works through brave i was kind of surprised it's just a add-on which i know add-ons suck but now i was able to access their computer so it, well if you if you hate team viewer then you're in luck with windows 11 because <laughs> microsoft teams is built into the taskbar now yes <laughs> why is why is skype the uh red-headed stepchild with them well, they, they've always had two different, uh, the, the two different communication systems. They, you know, early on they had Skype and they had Link. And uh, rather than trying to combine them, they just had different teams working on them in parallel. And then Link ended up becoming rebranded as Skype for business, even though it was completely different software, completely different technology worked on by completely different people. And and now, you know, and then Skype for business went away and uh, Skype has always been the consumer side. Skype for business went away and was replaced with Teams, which is is they they decided to take away the uh, the the communication software and replace it with a, a collaboration suite. 
because because that's what Microsoft puts together. They don't write programs anymore. They write sweets. How <laughs> sweet it is to use Microsoft. So, yeah, uh, uh, Microsoft Teams, their big collaboration, uh, in, which which actually in the last 18 months, Microsoft Teams biggest competitor has not been Skype. It's been Zoom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's no question. They, they, you know, there are a lot of people out there, even even though Zoom has kind of become a verb like Google, uh, a, a lot of people now will will Zoom each other over Microsoft Teams because <laughs> it's a lot easier to say than team than I'm going to Teams you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and there's also people who are tubing each other over Microsoft Teams. But yeah, and there's somebody in the middle recording all that stuff, too. So you got to be really careful. You might end so, up on a tube site. In in the new era of everything is remote work, um, I, I guess it's sort of helpful that it's uh, it Teams now lives in the taskbar. Uh, there are a lot of people who say that this looks exactly like FaceTime on Mac OS. That um, may be. I, I, I've not used FaceTime, but but the idea of it lives in the taskbar. It's integrated with the operating system. If if somebody dials you, however that happens, you're you know, operating system services that pop up a notification on the taskbar, which you can click and then your taskbar expands and you get a little video window. in there. I mean, I, I guess it, if if you are going to be living in that area, then that all sounds really cool. My first question, of course, is how removable is it? Right. Well, you can usually at least uh, shut it off so you don't see it. But there is a lot of competition. I don't know, Skype in Skype in Windows 10 early on with, with integrated with the operating system. And it was really hard to shut off. It kept turning itself back on, if you recall. No, I never had that issue, actually. No. But uh, what, you'll be happy because Skype will no longer be automatically installed with Windows 11. So no, now it's Teams. Teams has won. Uh, also, 3D Viewer won't be installed paint 3d and OneNote will not automatically be installed you can still add it if you want those programs uh, but on the uh, on the communication software marquez brownlee i was watching his review of the windows 11 stuff and i was surprised he was the first person that i ever heard mention the fact that facetime now because you just mentioned facetime that now has a feature where you can send an invite to people on different operating systems so it must be operating like in a browser or something but you know, if you have FaceTime or, or, or an open protocol, that would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, th- these are, are there any of those left? These. Well, obviously, there must be a few because these companies want the uh, people to use it, you know, but uh, somebody's got to win. I don't know what it is. Of course, Windows 11 also DNS over HTTPS, baby. That's going to be that's going to be. Baked oh, in. yeah. I, I had a story uh, from my notes from last week, I think, about uh, a. a I'm sorry, a vulnerability in uh, that particular. But anyway, no, it's perfectly safe. Uh, and this will also be the official Bon Voyage, I guess, of Internet Explorer. So do we have a moment of silence for, for Internet Explorer. No, we can't. <laughs> it was the worst browser ever. Well, you know, that's not fair. Well, no, actually, that's, it is. No, for, and, and also it wasn't. But for a while, it was OK. Um, you, but, you haven't installed Opera lately, have you? No, I have not. No, I have not. I've installed everything else, but I don't think I have played with Opera on this system. I'm mainly using Brave. I have Chrome installed mainly to do this, talk to you through clean feed and to pull in YouTube videos when I do the rock and roll pre-show. 
and I also have like Waterfox, and of course, Edge is automatically installed. I have Firefox, which I almost never use anymore. I have uh, Vivaldi. So there's a lot of things that I've tested. I think I still have Pale Moon, but no, I don't believe Opera has been one of the uh, one of the ones on the list. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know if I have that many. What do I have? Now, you're you're making me count. This is this is great podcast content. You know that. Hey, everybody, uh, you're listening to how many browsers are installed on your Pale system. Moon, if Pale Moon is still my daily driver because. Uh, I have locked it down so much that all it knows how to do is display HTML and CSS, which is what I want in most pages. Um, I'm using Chromium for this. I have Brave installed. I've got Vivaldi somewhere. I finally got rid of Firefox because Mozilla just got too woke for me, uh, which which is a little unfortunate because I don't like I, I, I like the idea of having something with Gecko on my system. I might need to do that again. And I don't uh, okay, know. You know what? what the issue is i i didn't have the uh the oh and desire. i have a lynx emulator oh well, that's fun too I, I have lynx installed somewhere in one of my command line folders i didn't have the desire to find out exactly what was happening it was updated but on my parents computer firefox basically turned to crap so i'm assuming maybe i just needed to uh delete the profile or something but you know, they were going to different sites. No, and- no, that was the auto updates that turned Firefox to crap. Well, it might have been. But this actually turned to crap, meaning my dad's like, I'm trying to, uh, you know, he was trying to buy something on the Macy's site and it wouldn't let him. And then they were trying to do something on another site and it wouldn't let him. And I'm like, well, click the thing on the, on the desktop that says Brave instead of Firefox. And then it's like, oh, well, that worked. And I mean, if anything, Brave should be way more locked down with all of the blocking things that it tries to do with cookies and scripts and all of that, where I would expect more things to break and in the, brave the telemetry that you can't turn off. Exactly. But for whatever reason, Firefox went to crap and it's like, well, just don't use Firefox. That's an easy solution for uh, when that breaks. But yes. Windows 11, I mean, I, I can't say I am excited for any of thing that I've seen. Um, Microsoft, no, I feel like we just spent the last half hour complaining. Well, it's kind of like this. This is your big upgrade. I mean, to be fair, Microsoft maybe will not totally screw this one up because they, they've been on that kind of a every other thing, every other operating system for the last uh, like what, six. You know, it's a like good kind of sucky, good kind of sucky. And when I say <laughs> good, I just mean people don't want to kill them when when they put them out. And what uh-huh. Windows 11 will be, I don't know but it's free i have no idea it, it it is with with the strings attached well yes and uh you know i'm always worried about how things like the motu with their drivers and all that it's like yeah yeah let let's let this stuff shake out for a while before uh, yeah in. every time that you get a new operating system in fact every time that you got a forced update of windows 10 there was always that question of did they break everything yeah, yeah. Uh, and I never had that problem with Windows 10, to be fair. I mean, I have the issue I had the other okay, day. You, I, you'd better be knocking on wood right now. It's press board, but close enough. Um, yeah. I I thought that uh, directory opus was corrupt or something, which is what I use in, in ex, instead of the normal file explorer that comes with Windows. And then I realized that the file explorer was doing the same thing, and I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. Until I realized that it was the old, the oldest of the NAS devices that was 
connected. You know, it was, uh, what do you call it? Um, when you mounted? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the word I'm looking for. And the device was pretty much not responding because we had a short power outage the other morning for like two minutes, but it was enough to knock the NAS offline. I mean, I really need to get a few more UPS systems, but it knocked the NAS offline long enough that when it came back on, it had to go through its, you know, parity checks and all, you know, that kind of thing. And on this system, that unfortunately takes days. Oh, my gosh. Because, because it's old and it's yeah. full. And it's, okay, full is probably bigger than old. Yes. Uh, it probably didn't take days when it was new. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's it's the more data you put onto it. Uh, and, but in this case, since the drives were mounted, every time I would go into either directory opus or file explorer it was just spinning and spinning and things weren't opening and i'm like what's going on but it was trying to contact the stupid device that was that was already attached and allegedly running but once i figured to turn that off you know unmount that uh, everything went back to normal but otherwise yeah i i can't say i've ever been bitten and i know tons of people have by some of these windows updates that just takes uh the system out blue screens them all that and i know I, I shouldn't even talk about it because that's just asking for I trouble i feel like you're tempting fate back and forth it's why i'm not saying anything <laughs> right I'd, i would much rather you tempt fate but uh nope not not nope i'd rather tempt experts yes i would rather tempt a few experts let me take a little sip of coffee here <sighs> yeah it's not like dvorak i don't have the uh i don't have the good sound right. of a let me, bottle let me, of let me see if i can I, i'm gonna try to slurp this was that authentic is that vodka no i didn't no i wish it should be i did what that was was up in my sinus cavity so i'm pretty much not i'm gonna i'm gonna mute myself and go cough for a moment okay find a cat and uh, i hear they're very absorbent but we do have a few experts to thank we do work on the value for value model which means we put these shows out there there is no paywall you can access them you can enjoy them to your heart's content we just ask that if you found anything of value in the show, that you give some value back to us. There's multiple ways to do that. You can go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate, either with the HTTP or HTTPS, even though we can rant about that difference as well. And you can click on the donate button to do the PayPal thing one time or monthly. You can use the QR codes and the wallet addresses if you like to do the crypto thing. Crypto is still going crazy up and down always fun to watch or you can go the old-fashioned p.o box route which we love because nobody takes a percentage your check just shows up in our mailbox and we put it into the bank it's a beautiful thing the p.o box address is also at grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate but we do have an executive producer today no agenda artist extraordinaire parker Pauly, who comes in with 3333 it is the magic number after all. And a note that says ITM Ben Darren and Ben Ryan. I mean, this like Obi-Wan. We're kind of, uh, <laughs> I want one of them like robes. It's Darren Ben Ryan. Yes. Yeah, kind but, of. That's, uh, that's everybody's nightmare. Kind of like, uh, Adam wanting me to, uh, to take it over is a that. little frightening. Yeah, to take I'm, over I'm, the I show. just creep myself out a little bit. I mean, if you were listening to, uh, to no agenda, you, you, you may have nightmares if you missed this before the show. Wouldn't it be nice if Darren just said, hey, guys, just, you know what? Go back to bed. I'll take over the show. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, actually, he could probably do it, too. Yeah. Yes, they know. I could probably do it. I think I could. But I, I think they've figured it out. 
They're, they're on to your your nefarious plan of taking over every show on the network. Well, isn't that what world domination heard, is all about? I heard about? your next conquest was going to be Rare Encounter. Yes, I am going to be on Rare Encounter next week, but I, we I weren't going to talk about that till Monday because Abel Kirby only listens on Monday. Or wait, does he only listen on Friday? It's confusing. I'll ask him on Wednesday. It, I, I'm not sure he listens at all, although I will. I, I was reasonably happy that uh he he went ahead and fact checked our Monday show and said, yeah, yeah, they they got it mostly okay. So uh, that I mean that's a, a big two thumbs up. I I don't feel I feel like we've made it. Well, as, it's always as good. Trump yeah, it's always good if we're not being fact checked and they're saying we're right. Then uh, if we're not, yeah, fact check true is always better. But Parker Polly had a note with in the morning. I've enjoyed listening for a while and now find myself ready to take the next step in our relationship. Well, we're glad you did. I appreciate the mix of societal commentary and tech that you deliver. Thanks for productive producing you producers. It's a successful formula. I, I wish we'd stumbled onto it. I thought we did. Isn't that what we're doing? Well, we're stumbling around. <laughs> we are stumbling. We are good at the stumbling part. You never know where it's going to wind up. You just start and then you go. And sometimes you get someplace good. And sometimes I mean, we, you we, crash. We, we, we weren't quite as scientific. We we didn't decide early on. We're like, well, we're going to have a we're, we're going to mix societal commentary with tech. No, we were like, let's talk about stuff that we want to talk about. And it turned out that that's kind of where we ended up. Yeah. And there, because it's well, one, we like the tech and we like to put a different spin on that. And there's a lot of and tech I'm, shows out there. And and I know technology well enough to be able to really effectively complain about it. Yes. And with the societal stuff, as much as you try to avoid it, there's some stories that just can't be kept out of the mix. And it is kind I, of a balancing act. I think I, I've heard way too much. No agenda. And, and no agenda is not the only place I, I was. I've been like this for decades, but uh, it, it's the current. I have. How am I saying it's too late to put my head back in the sand. I can't go back to not understanding what's going on out there. And uh, there are a lot of times when I really wish that I could be like everyone around me and just go about my life. Happy without, and oblivious. Yeah. W without knowing what people are trying to do to the world. Well, and that's it. I mean, we break things down. We don't look all the time. I mean, there are times we talk about how the media is covering things, but no agenda is a podcast it's a way of life it's a master's class on how the media has been corrupted especially over the last 10 years and the interesting thing is i think if you go back to when they first kind of hit on that formula and to now what they thought was bad 10 years late you know 10 years now later you're like oh that was nothing they weren't even getting started with yeah. the biasness and the uh and pushing there, the narrative. there has been uh, I, I mean there have been significant changes in that not not that we particularly cover it but just in the time in what since april of 2019 when we started grumpy old bens there have been a lot of changes in well i mean obviously the the entire uh scamdemic i believe is the word that's used on a podcast the plandemic the 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 entire COVID situation with the lockdowns and whatnot is I, 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 I don't necessarily want to have been a podcaster during that because it resulted in a, a lot of high blood pressure days where, where I'm like, I don't want to know what's going on and I have to pay attention to this. But uh, we 
just listening to Grumpy Old Ben's shows over the course of the last two years, and you can see uh, a change in how the world is treating us. And if you go through the No Agenda archive, first of all, say goodbye to about six months of your life. <laughs> but you can see an evolution of of just the world and the way that the media is presented in it just in what they talk about. Yes. And they bring clips so you can get proof. I mean, we talk about yeah. things. We quote articles. We don't bring any, you know, very few clips to the show. So you have proof. It's in the audio that they put out what the media specifically was saying, and you can hear it. And, you know, now it's, it makes it much easier to call BS because, you know, if somebody hears us talking about something, they can be like, no, they're exaggerating that or that's not what the they're, they're quoting them wrong. Well, when you can hear the audio direct, there is something a little bit more impactful about that. But, you know, as we've discussed, if we actually started bringing audio clips to the site, I mean, to the show, it would be like a six hour show daily. And uh, yeah, and that's too much. I, I think we was, our show is about an hour shorter than the average no agenda show. And and yet I think we talk more than John and Adam. Oh, we do because we don't have clips and we we bloviate a lot and we are glad that people seem to be liking that, at least the ones that are still listening this far into a show, including, I'm sure, our buddy Radix 023, otherwise known as Sir Spud the Mighty, who comes in with his monthly $20, shows up in the P.O. box. No notes or anything. He never wants any any platform to say anything. So we just say thank you to Sir Spud the Mighty for the donation. Thank you. Uh, and I thought this was a good note from uh, Darian Rundahl who came in, and I hope I said that right this time, because he comes in with $15 and said, dude, you pronounced my name perfectly. He sent us a donation on the last show, and, and I hope I remembered and said it correctly again. He said, that calls for another donation. It, it's, say it differently just to make sure that at least one of them is wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, Dorian Rundel. So I'm Excellent. sure that's, that's perfect. He says he could use some super powerful audio engineer jobs karma that would be appreciated if possible. I mean, do you have... Uh, any kind of that uh, super powerful? I, I don't. I'm a podcaster. Do you think I have much in the way of jobs karma? Okay, let me let me try to summon you a little bit of karma from the universe. Grumpy old bed. No shit. There you go. I mean, if that doesn't work, that I don't was, know what would. That was good. Yeah, I don't know if that doesn't work. That was good. I, I didn't know you had that in you. <laughs> I, did I sound more like Fletcher or Adam? I've been practicing both of those voices. It, it was it was a good mix. Yeah, I'm keeping to work on that. I'm trying to I'm trying to do the phone boy too, but I have to, I can't really talk that fast yet. But uh, coming in at twelve dollars, also via check, our buddy Progo, and we appreciate him. Go to smallcomputer.us to learn more about Progo. And then, okay, this came in from PayPal, which I thought was great because the name in PayPal came through as donations. So donations sent five dollars and thirty three cents. Oh. So you keep that up and donations can be an expert. Yes. Donations can or, be uh, an expert. A uh, guru. <laughs> yes. Well, they can be. Donations is already an expert. You can, out, you can now be a guru. So you never know. And last on well, the thank list. You. Thank you. Donations. Yes. Oh. We appreciate that. Last and not least, though, never least would be John Fletcher of the Hog Story Fletchers. You know, the same John Fletcher that goes. Grumpy old beds. Comes yes. in with his monthly $3.50 in support of the grumpiest podcast in the universe. And we appreciate him for everything that he does, especially when he complains that you're not doing stuff to his liking. Yeah. Or, or when he's triggering you after the no agenda show, <laughs> but that's love, where it's fun. 
what one of his what of the things he dropped into the chat yesterday right after no agenda ended and uh, a bowl after bowl with sir spencer uh came on and uh fletcher's like darren o'neill sounds different today it was my voice higher maybe a you, little you sounded like you were from kansas city yeah i mean great barbecue and the negro league hall of fame kansas city uh is probably on the list and, and, of places and, to go and sir spencer the wolf of kansas city yeah, I mean, Sir Spencer can show us around. He'll probably, though, trick us into just babysitting his kids. So you got to be careful if you go down. And, and, and an opportunity to corrupt children? I'm so, Where do I sign up? <laughs> that's why That's why Bemlet's always worried about leaving his kids with you. Uncle Ryan. He, just, Uncle he Ryan. doesn't leave them, no. No. And he's <laughs> he always, he's he, always hovering. Yeah, you need some adult supervision, I think. I think. Yeah, Sir Spencer said he'd give me the tour. That would be awesome. And Kansas City seems like a place it's easy to drive to. Uh, for you, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, it's harder for you, but, uh, you know, just get in the car and go down to Kansas City. I mean, then you can go over to Salem, Michigan to see uh, Cal over at LavenderBlossoms.org. And see that, the, that, that would be a worthy detour. Yeah. And then we can go to Detroit and just see what, you know, things look like. No, that is, you don't sound too. You don't sound too. <laughs> serious. You're like I was with you <clears throat> up until the Detroit part. I um. I, and that Ned, can you like take a few steps over the state line? Yes, yeah, oh. it's the only thing. The <laughs> only way to be uh, the only way to be safe. Uh, but we did have another story here. Now, this I was kind of bummed that the uh, Winston privacy device that we reviewed a few months ago. They're uh, yeah, shutting you really down. Like that device? Yeah, I mean, it was it did the job, but I guess that uh you know you still have to have people buy the product so having a good product and this i believe was a really good product you have to have enough people buy it otherwise that's not a sustainable business model and uh they were doing this now i guess for four years they sent out a email to everybody and said that uh you know unfortunately that they you know just weren't making it and because of that not generating significant demand it says to support the hardware business, we have have no choice but to discontinue the Winston privacy service. Uh, it was a difficult decision, of course, and they're all for privacy. And so one, I thought there were a couple of good things, which is they said by the end of this month or early next month, they will push a final firmware update that will make the device run without a subscription. So that's good. Oh, nice. I was going to ask about that. You know, that was the first thing, you know, that was my question, which I mean, really, this device now is worth more to me, as long as people keep them plugged in. And I don't know why you wouldn't if you have them, because now there's no mothership to go to. Like, well, who owns these devices? They'd be like, I don't know. We're we're gone. You know, there is no central company anymore. It makes them a lot more useful. Yeah, it makes it a lot harder for uh, everybody. If you can find one out there, pick it up now. Yes. You know, it said the devices must be connected to the Internet to get the update. I know. I mean, <laughs> the Benz know that they, some the, the devices must be connected to the Internet to be anything other than a paperweight. Yes. Uh, it says that they will run through the end of the year, at least, and support will no longer be offered. Devices, it says, may continue to operate beyond the end of 2021. However, the security certificate for the domain api.winstonprivacy.com will eventually expire and will need to be manually whitelisted in your browser. Now, I'm not sure why they just can't continue to, uh, you know, to update a website. 
I mean, I get it. They're the business is gone. Well, I, but- I mean, if if there's nobody there, <laughs> hello, anybody? Are, are you- I mean, if if you don't have a business, then you're not going to be able to keep writing paychecks to somebody to keep that updated. But open source that or something. Somebody could take that over, you would think. But I digress. actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. It says we do encourage you to support businesses that put their users privacy first. A few of the companies they recommend, and there are four of them, DuckDuckGo, which we do, ProtonMail, which we do, Signal, which I don't, and Brave, of course, that I do. So those were the companies they recommend moving forward to protect your privacy. And what, not of, Microsoft? No, Mike, wait, let me look, double check. They, um, did they mention? No, no, Microsoft. Did, did they mention Google? No, no. Good. Google wasn't <laughs> on that list. Uh, Apple, not on that list. Amazon, not on that list. Um, no, no, there's only a very few. And it, it's kind of sad because those are the companies that would have first come to mind, too, except maybe for Signal which I, I don't have any question or any reason to doubt that Signal's secure. I just prefer Tox, which, you know, now that I'm using it on a daily basis, it's a joy. It just works. I don't know why more people aren't. I have to start deleting all of the people on my Tox friends list, though, because there's a lot of people that were on there that just never that tried it once. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it, including Cold Acid. I think uh, Truck Driver, I think he still pops in there every now and then. But there were a bunch of people that were like, oh, they'll try that. And then they didn't because like anything else, the people aren't there. So if your friends aren't on talks, it's pretty much useless, even if it is the best. It's kind of like the Winston privacy thing. It works really well. But if there's not enough people to support the network, it it needs the network effect. Which Winston being closed source and, and kind of proprietary, they never got the network effect and had to shut down talks being wide open. Uh, They don't get the network effect and eh, okay, well, somebody will come in later. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's pretty much what I think they're uh, relying on. But uh, there was another story which I had to bring, which was an Ars Technica story from a couple of days ago. Now, if you remember, in one of our crypto conversations that got so many of the zealots all upset, I said something and I, you know, if we were a professional show, I would have found it and pulled the clip. I mean, maybe if we had transcripts, we would have been able to do this easier. But when we talked about Bitcoin and I'm like, what doesn't make any sense is that for all the ransomware, why would you use Bitcoin? Why aren't they using something like Monero? And you're like, well, that's because it doesn't make sense or something. Well, Ars Technica, I don't know. I probably made up some uh, excuse. Yeah. Well, a story this week from Ars Technica, Monero emerges as crypto of choice for cyber criminals. It's like, congratulations. Or maybe they're listening to hey, Grumpy that's Old Ben's milestone. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the cyber criminals are listening to Grumpy Old Ben's, or maybe they finally realized that Bitcoin had absolutely no privacy factor if, built if in. If we're that powerful, can we can we get them all to move over to Doge? You would think. Or or, or, or GOB coin or something? Dude, I couldn't figure it out again. The other day, Doge was up like thirty something percent. I'm like, what the hell is this thing still ping ponging for? Like 30% in one day. It's nuts. I Maybe Elon found some more in his sock drawer or something. Possibly. I mean, this is, again, the cryptocurrency uh, jackpot bonanza when it comes to watching the things bouncing up and down. There's no, I mean, there is some rhyme and reason to it. We talked about a lot of the stuff recently, what China's doing. Of course, uh, even Glenn Beck had a whole segment on how the United States is moving towards their own digital cryptocurrency. And 
he had a lot of the same uh, things we pointed out, which is it's not going to be good for the average citizen. Equity was going to be built in. And uh, whenever whenever Wall Street or the federal government moves, it's not good for the average citizen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Bitcoin today down eight point six percent. Ethereum down ten point five percent. Uh, there's, Cardano there's down 9.25. Doge is down 5.86 uh, at 23 cents. But in the last, let's see, in the last week, 30 cents is a high, 16 cents is a low. So, I mean, really, it's uh, so volatile. pretty much bouncing between half and double its value at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to buy low and then sell high. Don't get those two I, things I was, mixed up I, either. I, I was doing it the other way around. Yeah. No wonder I. Yeah. You know, crypto is and, and Bitcoin in particular, but uh, a cryptocurrency is becoming big enough that it's it, the, the showdown is coming very soon where, uh, you know, their uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin in particular, has created a, a lot of brand new money and a new wealthy that were never wealthy before. The, the miners are. Are now you know the ones who are are getting thirty percent of every transaction? Oh jeez! Whoa! What was that? That was a hiccup. Podcasts are down. No, my coffee's just trying to repeat on me. Carolyn Blaney sneezes. Now you have hiccups. I not intentionally. Anyway, it 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 the the existential threat to something like Bitcoin is that there is a hell of a lot of very powerful old money. Wall Street, uh, the, the deep state, et cetera. People who have been used to having power for a long time, Bitcoin threatens to take that power away. And I, I, one of two things I still think is going to happen. Either the old money is going to figure out how to control it, or they're going to do everything in their power to, to kill it. And well, neither one of them is going to look great for the future, but I, I, something's gonna, something's gonna happen. Well, I think if there is a digital currency that is the official currency of the United States, then they go after. Then, then you know all that other. Wall Street will control it. Yes. And, well, and, then, and they'll also outlaw all other crypto. Uh, the most intriguing thing that I didn't even really think about that Beck brought up was that what's going to happen, he believes, is they're going to force you if you have paper bills to convert them to digital i mean there will be a period where that you know they'll give you six months a year whatever it is much like they did with gold for people that right now are thinking that could never happen it happened before or 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 you don't have to go quite so far back go back to the euro right where everybody had to turn in their francs and their lira and their pound they uh, actually england never jumped on board with that smart (laughs) (laughs) yeah they keep your own currency it's a much better idea and CSB will disagree with that, but that's okay. The, uh, you know, the concept here is it's been done before and the equity comes in with, well, you know, if you're in that lower economic tax bracket, if you have a hundred dollars to turn in, then you're going to get $125 credited to your account. But, you know, if you're one of these people that has, you know, millions and billions or trillions of dollars, well, you know, then when you bring them in a hundred dollars, you're going to get like forty or fifty dollars credited to your account, and it's going to be the ultimate way of the leveling that playing field, the way the progressives wanted. It. It's going to be an easy way to you'll do own nothing, the, and you'll the, like it. Yeah, it's going to be the distribution of wealth, and 
when everything you buy is going to be tracked by a single cryptocurrency, it's going to get really, really bad. I mean, maybe this will never happen. I'm hoping this never happens. But, you know, we thought 1984 seemed like a crazy concept. And, you know, I don't know. I think we're there. I I, I was six. I thought everything was crazy back then. Yeah, I was uh, in 84. uh, Yeah, I was 14. So, uh, yeah, I was I was having more fun than you. I did fact check false. I'm skeptical. (laughs) You always are. Uh, And before citation needed. And before we I don't know, you you might have been tubing, though, which I was a little young for. (laughs) I digress. Uh, The the final story before we're out of here. I mean, we want to get out of here within about two. I mean, we know you were you were so low energy. You weren't going to talk a lot today. I'm Um, still low energy. I'm so low energy. I'm (laughs) hiccuping into the microphone. (laughs) You know, I've never heard a podcaster live start hiccuping and all of the no agenda i've listened to i've never heard like adam or john go into a, a fit of the hiccups which uh you would assume it would happen at some point well no, you, i've been hiccuping on and off for the whole show because I don't, I don't know maybe a bad batch of coffee or so or airball or something but <laughs> well, normally i'm good with the mute button i just it, it came out right as i was talking you missed it but uh we we had the story of the high school cheerleader that was booted from the cheerleading team for a post that she made on snapchat yes the supreme court had a decision on that one yes they did and they found in favor of the cheerleader which is a victory for the freedom of speech which is a good thing and then the decision kind of uh, came down to exactly i believe what we talked about when we originally discussed the case which is We're living in a whole new world, especially with at-home schooling and the school over Zoom and all of this, which is, well, where does the school have the right to give somebody any kind of punishment? And where does your out-of-school life begin? In this case, the girl was off school grounds. She posted it on Snapchat. She didn't send it to any of the teachers or anything like that. And... Because somebody screen capped this or whatever they did, because if it was a video, I don't know how you would screen cap that, but it was shown to somebody at the school and then she was kicked off the cheerleading team. Basically, her message was because she was told that she didn't make varsity, I guess, but some freshmen made varsity. So she was really mad. And she said, you know, F cheerleading, F this, F that, F you know, but not any F person. It was just a venting kind of a post. And the school saw it and they said, well, no, you can't be on cheer for the next year. And yeah. the, the Supreme Court says no. This classic zero tolerance run amok. Yes, it did. And uh, it's the Supreme Court decision said it might be tempting to dismiss this girl's words as unworthy of the robust First Amendment protections discussed herein. And I would say no, there is nothing that's not worthy of the First Amendment protections. I don't care. Well, and, and and if you if you continue on that quote, the, they pretty much point out that. Yes. Uh, in order for the important things to be protected, you have to protect the unimportant things. Yes, it says. But sometimes it is necessary to protect the super superfluous. Yes, superfluous. That's the I, word I like I'm looking supra, for. The supra. The superfluous. <laughs> you have to do the superfluous <laughs> in order to protect the necessary. And um, yes, 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 something like that. <laughs> Uh, the, the other thing I'll note is the Supreme Court decision was eight to one. So pretty close to 
uh, to unanimous. Uh, Clarence Thomas was the one dissenter and the, I didn't read his dissent, uh, which if I'd had time, I might have because I hate myself, but, uh, I, the, the article quoted his dissent saying that, uh, the other justices are ignoring 150 years of precedent where schools have autonomy or something like that. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, maybe they're just ignoring 150 years of bad precedent because, yes. uh, you know, the, the case ultimately, and in particular, the, the case from the third, uh, di- third circuit court, um, rested on a decision whose name I forget, but it was, it was from like 50 years ago where, um, uh, which, which defined how much right, uh, a, a school has of controlling people and limiting students constitutional rights. And I feel like that case got it wrong because it outlined situations in which it's okay for a school administration to limit freedom of speech and things like that. And, and that was what Thomas was basing his decision on. And I think that that in itself is wrong. I I think there is absolutely nothing exceptional about a school which deserves a legal carve out of part of the constitution. And, uh, I was a little bit bothered by that, but I'm pretty glad that, uh, at least eight of the justices seem to have got it right in this case. Yes. Well, they talk about the fact that in uh, Clarence Thomas's, uh, dissent, he said, when students are on campus, the majority says schools have authority in loco parentis. I mean, which, I mean, if you're hearing that, it sounds like crazy parents. Yeah, no. They are pretty, they are pretty loco. Yes. Yes. That's, uh, that's Latin, which, uh, is substitute of parents and, this, I think, is one of the major changes, because when we were in school, if we did something wrong and the school took some kind of punitive action, our parents would be like, yeah, you deserved it. You were a dick. Now yeah. this is a whole new world. This is how dare you tell my kids what to do. And uh, I think this uh, has I- changed a little. I mean, the the most basic thing that I think has changed since then is and even in the last two years is when we were in school, we were in school. Yes, we we were. And, uh, you know, even if you put aside the the remote schooling and, uh, you know, schooling over Zoom, where uh, statistically 107 percent of students are all tubing well, the cameras pointed at the ceiling or whatever, uh, if. Even if you discount that, uh, modern students are anywhere but in school whenever they can be. You know, there was, if I wanted to communicate with somebody, I had to find a phone back then. Nowadays, everybody has a device where the, uh, if you're not doing it in class, then in between classes, everybody is staring at a little screen in their hand and communicating with people halfway across the world and their minds are anywhere but school. So, uh, of course, it's going to be very difficult and blur the lines between what is in school and what is out of school. If if you are posting to your social media friends across the country and you happen to, you know, like, is there a difference if I Facebook somebody when I'm standing on school ground versus if I'm standing off campus? Uh, these are questions that were never a concern. Right. 40 years ago when we were in school. and. uh I I don't think that the precedent, the ones that Thomas was citing, uh, translate well to a situation where every student is fully connected 
to things outside the school at the same moment that they're supposed to be in it. Well, that was his point, which is how do you decide if it's on or off campus at this point? Because the ruling was she was off campus, so the school has less authority. The Judge Thomas, I think, is saying, well, you know, because this existed in a format that was everywhere, then where, you know, how do you decide if somebody's, like you said, three feet off the school grounds and then does it, it's okay. But if you're on the school grounds, then it's not. This becomes a different kind of a gray area. Although I think uh, with any of the technological stuff, it's a, a very simple thing, which is if you don't hear it happening in real time, Without the aid of a device, then there's really not much you can do about it as yeah, the school. Then, then it's not on school grounds. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, if, again, if you were between classes and were bitching to your friends about a teacher and said, F this, F that. Well, and, and lest lest we forget this, the 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 F this, F that that started this entire story was on Snapchat. It yes. was the way that Snapchat is supposed to work. That message was going to delete itself after 24 hours. The only reason that the school administrators got wind of it or even had any clue that it happened was the number of people who went around the Snapchat, re- Snapchat, right <laughs> around the Snapchat restrictions. That's a whole different web. That's a whole different shotted. Yeah. It screenshotted it so that it would not delete itself and then forwarded the screenshot to the school administrators. So the, the, she was using the system in a way that this was never going to catch her, except that other people were uh, circumventing Snapchat's deletion. Yeah. And, and then and really traveling. bad friends. Yeah. No kidding. Really bad friends for turning. That's what in. happens when your friends are online. The, the Supreme Court podcast with you. Right. The Supreme Court did point out that this would not give a student free reign if, uh, you know, for instance, if the student would have made any kind of threats against the principal or the teacher or made derogatory statements against them, then that would be different. But this was strictly venting. Nobody was targeted and that they upheld that her free speech was, in fact, infringed and we're going to start seeing a lot of cases i think moving forward that- well, i i i still personally hold that schools do not deserve a, a carve out in the bill of rights no i, I agree I, I agree but there's schools have always had the ability to take some kind of you know there were repercussions if we were in school and if we told a teacher to f off I mean, especially in Catholic high school, I did. (laughs) I would would have gotten a ruler across the knuckles. It's a little different in a public school, I think. Depending, but I, I mean, I did do that, and there were repercussions. I'll just let you know. Yes, and 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 you understood that it wasn't. You can say anything you want, and there are no repercussions. It's the whole First Amendment and that first concept is you can say whatever you want. Now there may be repercussions. I mean, you can't go out. And make false statements about somebody be like, oh, I have, I have the First Amendment. If you're proven to be lying, you can be sued and you could uh, it could cost you some money. And there uh, are there are a lot of people who think that the worst thing that the Internet has ever done to communication is allow people to communicate without consequence. Uh, if if we had to if we still had to talk face to face and you told somebody uh you know fuck off suck my dick etc whatever um in in certain company in meat space before the internet you'd get punched for that and and that 
is a really effective way of making people think about what they say. But when you can just drive by a forum and say whatever the hell you want and not get slapped upside the head for it, then it's kind of killed propriety. I think that's, I don't know. It's well, people are, I I don't know what the solution is for that, but you know, people are definitely more, uh, open. Now, this cheerleader, I don't think she was a moron because she didn't say this in front of her teachers and was venting, she thought, to her friends, which, again, back in the day, we would have just said the same thing to our friends. And the only thing she was wrong about is that they were not her friends. Yes. Somebody on that list was the one that went, oh, we better go turn her in because, you know, we got to be the narc. Thanks, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> would be, now, it would be humorous if the girl's name was actually Karen that, <laughs> that turned her in. But Every once in a while, I feel bad for the people who are named Karen. But at the same time, the Karens that I would want to hang out with are the ones who are laughing right along with me. But do you feel bad for the ones named Alexa? That's the mm, question. Not really. No, because your life. Is- well, I, I mean, for y- yes, yes, because there they, has to be a lawsuit. Parents- for Amazon. I mean, for all the people with that name, they're like, you ruined my life. Just saying, because it yeah, was an existing uh, name. It, they could have come up with something. That, I, I don't want to set that precedent because then, uh, you know, everybody else in the world named Bemrose might start suing me. Oh, I thought there was only one. That There's there's one, at least one in this house and another one not far away. Or is that Tiggers? The only wonderful thing about Tiggers okay. is I'm the only one. No, that's not Bemrose. Uh, it's the same thing. But I right. Digress. Yeah. The the story that I had wanted to open with is the last thing that I had for that day. Uh, it was. Uh, a California urging people to cut energy use during peak hours, which tells me that the California energy grid is crumbling. So this was news flash nobody knew about except everyone. Right, I'm say who's who's surprised about that? We've heard this in other uh, places, and uh, yeah. the 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 first story that I saw was uh, a very alarmist pulling uh, out the thing that said, uh, you know, California. I, I think it was Zero Hedge. Uh, was saying, you know, California's power grid, you know, they've been trying to push people to use only electric cars, and now they're telling them not to charge them, which, uh, uh, if that were what the story actually were, would probably be pretty outrageous. Um, what California was actually trying to do was asking consumers, uh, it, it, hey, we're expecting, you know, if there's a heat wave, we're expecting really high demand on the grid. And can you please just not plug in any major appliances, including electric vehicles between 5 and 10 p.m.? And uh, uh, that in itself is like if you can and you want to save the planet and you don't have a particular schedule that requires you to have a charged car to go commute the next day. Right. Then or wait, wait until 10 o'clock to plug it in. Yeah. I, I I don't think that that's really that awful. I, I just, um, so I, I, I looked at this and I'm like, this is not really alarmist, but I was, was digging into some other stories on it. And, uh, I, I had to bring this quote from Patty Monahan, a commissioner on transportation at California energy commission. Who says, and, and, and stop me when this starts to sound familiar or your eyes glaze over. 
By incentivizing primarily through rates, charging behaviors that capitalize on when renewable energy is being generated, we basically have a win for the grid and we have a win for the drivers in terms of reduced rates. Rates are a climate strategy and California plans on using rates to help drive the charging behaviors that are going to help the state electrify transportation while cutting carbon from the grid and saving ratepayers and drivers money. Oh, yeah, sure. Except it's going to cost you more money. Yes. So this was in uh, I, I, only a few sentences after during in this particular interview where uh, she said that what we're probably going to end up doing is uh, as soon as we get everybody connected via smart meters, we are going to institute time of day rating. And therefore, the people will have financial incentives to only plug their car in when we tell them to. Well, this um, is a nightmare. I mean, I'm assuming that they'll be able to automate this where they're like well if the rate goes above this amount stop charging because otherwise you can go to bed thinking it's going to cost you two bucks to charge your vehicle and you're going to wake up in the morning with a five thousand dollar bill and go what I didn't- you know if that happens i would give it three weeks before tesla pushes out an over-the-air update that allows you to do exactly that i mean you would have to but that is uh it could be very inconvenient because, OK, let's just assume that the thing's sitting there and it's like, OK, I need five hours of charge to take my commute tomorrow. So anytime between the time I park my car and the next morning, I need five hours of charge. Well, if it waits till there's only five hours to go, then you're really at the mercy of whatever the power is at that point. And uh, yeah. it's not good. So I, 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 I don't like the idea of smart meters and it's not because of time of day pricing. It's because of, of things like the story we had just on Monday where, uh, as somebody out there who is, is very greeny conscious will, will reach into your house and start turning things off. And I'm sorry, but in my house, um, I make the decisions on, on what's on and what's off. And by the way, the decisions that I make are always whatever you want, dear. But, um, <laughs> I thought the decisions I, were made by Growly that I just heard in the background. I believe you are not hearing Growly. What you are hearing is, uh, fire trucks. Oh, I thought it was um, one of your it was, cats. I, I don't think it came through the noise gate because you would have said something, but well, there about, it is. Yeah. Now I'm here. It's getting closer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About, uh, five minutes ago. I heard some very loud pop, 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 pop outside. And uh, given that we're about two weeks away from fireworks day and <laughs> could I, be gunfire. Sure it could have been, but I think somebody was setting off fireworks, but it's hot as hell out today. It's been very, very dry for the last month. And right after I hear that, I hear fire trucks coming yeah, I mean, and you've got these uh, things called uh, trees near your house. I mean, those. Oh, burn, yeah, there's lots of things made of wood, <laughs> like every building. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. We better uh, we better cut this one off here. Otherwise, uh, you might have to well, evacuate. I, 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 I'm not smelling any smoke right now. And I keep I'm kind of glancing out the windows and looking for it doesn't look like any fire coming near the house. So I think I'm okay for at least the next minute or two. And you still have electricity, so it wasn't a transformer blowing or anything like that. All is good. Otherwise, that would be, that would be the way Grumpy Old Ben's comes to an end. Just Primrose <laughs> disappears. It's like, what happened? Yeah, the the, the house blew up. I, I mean, it's going to happen. <laughs> no, it's going to be the ATF or something uh, barging <laughs> through the door, which would more, yes. uh, more likely be uh, something going on. But that's only because in Seattle... 
They're going to make your guns illegal. And then you're going to say you lost them. And then they're going to want to double check and see if you were lying. I, I'm sorry that there was there's plenty of waterways around here. There was definitely a will have been a boating accident. Do you own a boat? I, I can find one. <laughs> you can always. Yeah, there's a lot of water. You can always find a boat. We got anything else? That's all I got. And before we uh, you know get out of here and then Monday, we'll be back with the the crime report from Chicago, of course, and all the latest news that is uh, fit to uh, to scoop rare encounter. And all the other podcasts on the No Agenda Stream, where we do these shows live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern Time, noagendastream.com. We hope you can join us live into the troll room. Tell us when we're right, or more likely, when we're wrong. Tell, tell us where I'm right and Darren's wrong. Exactly. That's how it usually goes. I mean, I liked when uh, Adam and John were saying that, you know, it would be nice if I could just do the show. And there was some guy who I don't think I've ever communicated with on No Agenda Social, who spelled my first name and my last name wrong, but was like, oh my God, Darren O'Neill is their Brexit strategy. Oh, We're doomed. Yeah, it was only like D-A-R-I-N and, and N-E-A-L. <laughs> it, was, it was good. <laughs> and I responded and I said, you're not wrong. So <laughs> fact check, true. But I, I mean, I appreciate the, uh, the support there, guys. Come on. Come on. It was just a joke. I'm not really taking yeah. over. Yeah. So how do you usually end these shows? You're right. I usually say, and uh, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it's still icy cold in here. And from America's left coast, where I've been linked to disinformation efforts. I'm Ryan Bemrose.